Good evening and welcome to the Dollar Dogs and Beer Podcast. I am your host, Andrew, and we have Jason and Joe joining us. We also have a special guest for tonight. Big Jim is joining us from the Huddle Up Podcast, which is going to be coming on tomorrow night. Although uh, not live right now, Jim. Yeah, no, we're still kind of in our uh, off-season program, so um, we're going to look to get some episodes um, in the can for uh, to get us through the rest of July um, and then into August. And then sometime, probably about mid mid to late August, we'll fire back up for the uh, for the upcoming season. Yeah, uh, enjoy the uh, break from football while it lasts because it seems like that break gets shorter and shorter and shorter every year. Yeah, you're not kidding. Especially when you focus on college and pros because you have to deal with all the recruiting crap too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jason, Joe, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm hanging in there it's a rough rough end of the week as far as uh the fills are concerned which we'll talk about in a little bit but hanging in hey you do what you can do right yeah so I mean, we, we we took we took a series from the cardinals so i can't you know i gotta take my wins where i can get them uh, and we're, we're third worst in the national league not worst yet so that was uh, that was a really surprising series, man. I when we did pick them last week, I know for a fact I did not pick the Cubs to do very well in that series. So that was a pleasant surprise to see them do so well. All right, so Jim, what are you drinking tonight, bud? I tonight am going with the uh, the Iron Hill, the Philly favorite IPA. Switching it up a little bit. All right. A little bit. I do have some of the naturally. I have some of the broken skulls in my fridge, but uh, <laughs> decided to break something out different. Nothing wrong with that. What do you got tonight, Jason? Um, so tonight I'm going with the Victory Brewing Company Sour Monkey. Um, had a good victory for, with a series over the weekend, but I'm still very sour about the result of Harper being out uh, for quite some time. So Sour Monkey just seems to be the right choice for tonight. <laughs> and it's delicious too nothing wrong with that joe what about you uh rocking the jack and mountain dew tonight um you know gotta i gotta take my victories where i can get them and, and you know the beer hasn't been lucky for me so i'm not sure jack daniels has ever been lucky for anybody but hey what do i know <laughs> no 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 <laughs> And for me tonight from uh, New Trail Brewing Company, uh, one of my uh, a brewing company I've become rapidly Im uh, immersed with um, one of one of uh, my wife's uh, family friends, her husband, uh, I believe, sells for New Trail now. And this is one he recommended the Blackberry Lemonade. Jason, this is uh, one you should definitely pick up and try a little bit sour, a little bit sweet. It very, very, very smooth going down. All right, so um, Jim, we went over our all-star ballots last week. Um, is there anybody you're feeling particularly strong that you think should be on the ballot for this year? Or I, I gave you the blank template, but if you don't feel like going the whole way through it, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you're looking over it. I, I think I think the fan voting is is doing a, a pretty good job across the board. Uh, there, there's nothing to me that that was like glaringly different, or anybody that I necessarily would have um thrown in that that the um you know like the fan voting isn't isn't at or near the top 
Um, and, and, you know, I think you guys are pretty solid across the board with, with what uh, you guys put down last week. Awesome. Um, who did you think from the Orioles that's going? Who do you think is going to sneak in from? Because you know everybody's going to get a rep. So uh, who, who's your pick for the Orioles? You know, really, if, if I'm looking at it, I think Hayes has come on strong uh, as of late. Um, and it, it's tough because obviously you're, you're you're a team that isn't like there's no stars on on the team. Um, you know, I think Mullins would have a shot. Uh, as well um but but to me my pick would probably be Hayes yeah good pick I I think uh, Hayes got a lot of support from all of us last week as if he's not a starter he should definitely be one of the bench guys and probably be one of the first substitutions in all right so um moving on uh sorry I had the wrong sheet of my page pulled up sorry um, yeah, I know professional podcasters, right? So Joe, uh, you wanted to, uh, touch on that, uh, pretty intense brawl we had over the weekend between the angels and the Mariners. This, you know, normally baseball brawls, just a little bit of pushing and shoving, you know, people shout a couple things, but we had some legit punches thrown this time. Uh, you want to break that down for us? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think what's important with this one, um, is, Nine d- days prior to this series, um, Upton was hit by the Angels when they played them the week before. Um, pretty obvious, you know, what wasn't like they were trying to avoid it. Um, but Upton got hit pretty high in um, nine days prior to this series. Uh, Saturday night, Eric Swanson throws his 95-mile-an-hour fastball at, at or near Trout's head. <laughs> Um, and that was the second pitch in that at bat. So the w- pitch before that was high and tight, and the second one was higher and tighter. Um, I mean, that was pretty ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, I said this before when the Cubs played the Brewers earlier in the year. If you can't hit them on the first one, you don't get a second shot at it. Um, and, and don't – I mean, for the love of God, don't aim at somebody's head. This is ridiculous. Um, you know, that they – Swanson tried to defend himself and say that, you know, you're trying to attack his weakest quadrant at the plate, Um, you know, which is, I guess, that up and in spot for him. But, yeah, I have a hard time believing that that's all you're doing. And there's there's not a whole lot of sense that that makes putting him on when you're only up to and that brings Otani to the plate. Yeah. And and I mean, it's not like Mike Trout really has a weak spot to pitch to either <laughs> not that i've ever seen anyway right so if yeah. your idea if your idea there is you're, you're you're putting him on the base just intentionally walk him yeah like you know what i mean like if, if you're not intending to pitch to him intentionally walk the guy and and just and just move on and try and pitch away from him. yeah and they they did walk him like they just put him on after that pitch which I think you didn't have a choice at that point because if you try again, you're you're just an ass at that point. Um, (laughs) Like I said, you know, you get like I said this before earlier in the year, you get one shot at it. If you miss the first time, don't go again. Um, And and if you're going to hit somebody, you know, ribs, you know, thighs, somewhere where it's not nearly as life critical i mean 
that that was you know good on Trout to get out of the way of that. That was super tight. Um, so then on you know, and then the um, the Angels or the the Mariners win this game and were a little over the top in their celebration after the game, um, and um, the Angels didn't take too kindly to that, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, the Nevin was really, really fired up from the dugout, um, sharing a lot of colorful, colorful words in uh, services direction, which I guess I don't, I don't blame him for. Um, so then on Sunday, uh, you know, um, the Angels go with an opener, and I don't think they've done this often. Um, this is a guy's first career start. He's made 32 relief appearances. Okay, something's clearly up. If you're going to do that, <laughs> uh, you know, so fine. yeah. So the first inning, uh, want and Andrew wants throws this pitch behind Julio Rodriguez. Like, again, good on him getting out of the way of this, but clearly, clearly there was intent involved there. I mean, there, there was intent involved before the game even started by throwing out an opener. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what this reminded me of? It, it, think back to, uh, was it 2012 when the when the Penguins and the Flyers just had that series of games where it was nonstop brawls all the way up until the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs? I, for, it, it feels like that game, I think it was around February, where um, Laviolette literally said, fuck this, sent his fourth line out there, knowing full well he was about to start a five-man line brawl. I, that That's exactly what it feels like when you throw an opener. Full well knowing that he's going to get ejected, and uh, yeah, shit's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, for, for Cubs, this is this would be like, you know, last year starting Zach Davies when it's Kyle Hendricks' day to pitch. <laughs> That, that's the best thing I could think of from a Cubs standpoint. That's that's the equivalent here. So so, Lance or, throws, it it could be bringing Carlos Zambrano out of retirement. <laughs> hey, why not? Um, yeah. So so he throws behind Rodriguez, and it's clearly intentional. And there's warnings immediately issues after this. Uh, he ends up getting Rodriguez out and getting out of the inning, and comes back out for the second and. First pitch, second inning, Jesse Winker gets socked right in the side of the hip. And it's like, really? We're going to do this? We're going to keep doing this? Like, you know, and and Upton's in the dugout like, you guys started this. What the hell are we doing? (laughs) Uh, You know, so, you know, Winker, you know, is is chirping and gesturing toward the dugout, makes his way toward the dugout. A bunch of punches thrown. This was like, you know, a good hockey style fight. This was quite impressive. Um, You know, Ryan Tapera, I think, went over the top and hit Winker in the back. And then like 10 seconds later, Winker is on top of him. And it's like, okay, just have at it. I was waiting for the safety netting to be torn down from this because you can see in the video they are up against the uh, the pole on the bottom that's holding the netting there, and you just see it flexing. I- I'm like, I was just waiting for that to snap and the netting come down and everything. And uh, a video was released on Twitter later today. Somebody took a, a video from right 
behind that netting in the first row. And I, I really am surprised that that netting held. Yeah, I, I can't think of uh, any kind of engineering specifications that would have taken that into account. I mean, that's just freaking insane. I, is that is that something they can quickly fix, or do they jury rig, or I, I don't even know. I mean, we've gotten so used to that netting just being an automatic part of things there. I, that's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah that would certainly take some. Are you hot cable service? Sorry, was me. I'm just blowing up the video of the brawl. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Rendon, as, as as you noted in the notes, Andrew had threw a left hand at Winker's face because his right hand's in the cast. Um, I mean, if you're going, <laughs> if you're going all out at this point, um, this reminded me of you know, Cole Haley when we were in high school, who had the broken arm, had a cast as a linebacker. Like, if you've got that cast, you might as well use it, <laughs> right? Like, like it's called a club for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're if you're out there and you and you got the weapon, you know, go for it. <laughs> yeah. So you know, Winker flips the bird at the fans with both hands, and and he, you know he was he apologized for that after the game. Um, you know, that was the only thing he was really sorry about, and I don't necessarily blame him knowing all the backstory now on this. Um, you know, as fans, they're spending their hard-earned money to come watch us play a game, and they didn't deserve that. So, um, you know, uh, Service, Winker, Rodriguez, and J.P. Crawford were ejected for the Mariners. Um, Nevin, Iglesias, Wance, Tapera were ejected for the Angels. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. They, they, they should have probably gotten rid of Wance as soon as he threw behind Rodriguez at that point. I think that's you know, clearly there was intent there, and clearly it was like, okay, let's let's get this under control before it gets out of hand. Or better question: Why the hell wasn't he immediately tossed the moment he hit Winker? Mm -hmm. Warnings were issued. It's supposed to be automatic at that point, and it, I, I think the umpires are allowed to have a little bit of leeway if it's like, like if it's clear that it was like a pitch that slipped. But there was no way in hell that that pitch slipped. That was as the. Let, 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 let me put you this way. I think Ray Charles could have seen that one, that that was a intentional. <laughs> well, I mean, and you even see Cervezas on the top step of the dugout motioning to the home plate umpire, like, what are you doing? Get him out of here. And yeah. it just didn't happen. Yeah, it's, you know, not not to keep stealing hockey references, but if, if you get control of the game and you start calling penalties and you don't let things boil over and get out of control, you do it. That's yeah. how you avoid stuff. Yeah, like I mean, that. look when you when you when you start with an opener, that, that, that there's your first sign that 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 something there there's something already on on the uh, on the stovetop. You know what I mean? Uh, and then when you get that first pitch up high, um, a, a, as an umpire, to not read the room. This wasn't the first game of the series. This wasn't the first incident of the weekend. Uh, you have an opener on the mound. A guy throws high, you know, and 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 comes right at him. The, the the writings there's there's so much writing on the wall you forget what color the wall is at that point like yeah. you, you know you just that that's 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 bad form on on the the, the umpire crew um to to not react to what was clearly a situation that was that was escalating and then the umpire trying to hold winker back like dude come on 
<laughs> Jesse Winker's yeah. a big man. You're you're not gonna hold him back. No, yeah. and I mean, if anybody should be allowed to be let go in that situation, it's probably the guy who's just been targeted and hit. Like every, you know, you should be trying to control the the, the rest of the situation as much as you can. I mean, you're four umpires against two full teams, but um, yeah, it, it's it was a, it was a I mean. A fun brawl from a from a uh, from like a hockey fan standpoint, but really it, it shouldn't have gotten to that point. The the umpire crew definitely did it did a poor job, uh, you know, capping the situation. Well, and and Winker was pretty much prepared to take on the entire Angels team on his own. Uh, he was he was heading there without any kind of backup. <laughs> it's like the uh, old closer, the Reds, who took on the entire Pittsburgh Pirates. What was that two years ago? Oh, that was another good brawl. Man, Reds Pirates, they they always have something good at least once a season, too. Yeah, I that you know me. I I don't mind a good fight every now and then. That was ridiculous, though. I I, uh, I sent this in the team chat and it in our group chat, and it was pretty interesting. So I don't know if you remember, it was um Earlier this season, I believe it was, or, or within like the last year, um, there's a girl who uh, who lives out in, in that part, I believe, uh, of California. She's she is a Reds fan. She loved Joey Votto, and the Reds came to San Diego, and they, she went. Her parents took her to the game. She was so excited to see Joey Joey Votto, and he got ejected in like the first inning. Uh, next day, uh, he gets, she meets him and everything's all fine and dandy. She was at the game yesterday to see Jesse Winker and she, and he got ejected in the first, in the first or second inning. You think, you think this is, it's all a show. Like, I I just, I'm just like, man, (laughs) what rotten luck for this kid. Just. I can't imagine, like, especially especially just being like a a, a little kid, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go see my favorite player or or not, I guess. So I guess I guess not like that. That it made me think like uh, when I was in high school, I went out to St. Louis for a bowling tournament and our opening ceremonies were after a Cardinals game. And uh, so we actually were at the game. And I was really excited because I was going to see Albert Pujols play, you know, it, it in his prime. And apparently the day before there was, there was a fight again. I believe it was the Padres as well. Um, so there was a big fight and all this stuff. Very first inning Pujols gets hit. He charges the mound and Pujols got ejected. Like I just, I was just saying there just like, <laughs> Why? I paid all this is dumb. <laughs> so I, I definitely feel for that girl, and she's had some uh, not so good luck. But it looked like she ended up getting a ball signed by Jesse Winker with a note on it at some point during the game. Well, the nice thing for her is at least she could see Winker play again at some point because you know they're in her, it's in her division now, so it's not like she has to wait for the Reds to come into town like she yeah. used to. You want to meet? You want to meet a ball player? Go to a game where they get ejected, get viral on social media, and there you go. Somehow I don't think that trick's going to work for adults like us, though. That's true. Probably not. Probably. 
<laughs> as much as we might wish. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But yeah, wow, that that's uh, brawl of the year so far, and it's not even close. <laughs> yeah, the, the the curious thing is really going to be the the next time these teams play to see, um, you know, how 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 strict and how tight, um, you know, things get called. If it's not if it's not obviously, you know, a a a pitch that slipped or something like that, I I think Major League Baseball's got got to crack down on their umpiring and and act. To be very reactive or uh pro you know was proactive, proactive. Yeah, yeah very proactive with 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 capping the situation and then like iglesias after he heard he got ejected i forgot to put this in the notes guys he came back out in the field was throwing sunflower seeds and gum all over the freaking infield he was so pissed he got talks dude what do you expect feeding the squirrels well, and to me, in, in a situation like that, if you're you're going to disrespect the playing surface, you know, I, I think Major League Baseball should step in there and do, you know, a one gamer or something like that, just as a message to everybody else that you know, if you if you get into one of these situations, once you know, cooler heads start to prevail, just just let it ride and and, and don't don't keep up the antics. Yeah, I obviously suspensions have not yet been announced. I checked earlier today nothing yet from MLB, which is a little surprising that they haven't at least acknowledged no, it. MLB, get on it. The Orioles play the Mariners this next three games. <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about that. Um, so uh, my guess is probably, I'm thinking biggest suspension has to go to Wentz. I mean, he's you the one know. who started it. He, he hit the guy. He almost hit another guy. He's got to he, he's got to get the biggest. Winker's going to get a big one too for charging the entire dugout. Should game. Nevin get one for for putting Wentz on the mound? I think he will. I I, he I, I don't think Cervase is going to get anything extra, but I think Nevin will get something extra. Um, yeah, I hope Iglesias gets a little bit of something just because. He, it, seriously, dude, sunflower seeds. Yeah, I, I mean it was an impressive shot putt. Like. <laughs> I mean, he didn't just launch the sunflower seeds. He took the the container holding all the bags and shot putted it towards home plate. And not everybody could do that. No. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to we'll see where all this comes down. I you know I I don't know about Crawford and Tapera, and I obviously the other reason being that they're probably still reviewing all the tape just to make sure they don't miss somebody who desert who has earned a well deserved uh, suspension. Truth be told, I would not be surprised if uh, if uh, Rendon's going to get a suspension to start when he comes off the IL next year. Um, frankly, he should. I mean, if it, it, come on, dude. <laughs> it's like a player coming off the bench at, at a hockey game to get in, involved in, in a scrum or a fight. You know, that's kind of an automatic Yeah, I think it is there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, automatic 10 game, I believe. I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen that happen since the Islanders and the Penguins. Uh, I can't remember what year that was, but it was something like a nine to two Islanders victory, and I think there were like five players left from either team on the bench by the end. Yeah, of the something game. like that. Yeah, they've they've really cracked down on the the the, the third man in sort of stuff. Yeah, and eh, understandable. I you hate to see players flying in off the bench. That's how that's how people get unnecessarily hurt when you have sides that aren't even anymore you know I, I, speaking of, of hockey andrew we we <laughs> kind of glazed over the fact that your avalanche have ended the two-year reign of terror of the tampa bay lightning so uh congratulations on that one obviously um 
you know, four years ago, the, the, the Caps won their first. This isn't the first you've seen, but I think first in your adult lifetime, so you can yes. a- appreciate a little bit more. So uh, definitely an impressive run by the Avalanche. Thank you. Yeah, the last time they won, they were still affiliated with Hershey, I believe. Yeah, they were. <laughs> That's how long ago that was. That's why I became an Avalanche fan, honestly. I love going up to the barn, seeing the Bears, and then a couple weeks later, seeing some star guy from the Bears you know, on TV in the NHL. That was just, yeah, I've always had a a special place for me for that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the avalanche just flat out dominated the entire playoffs. They only had what four losses, the entire playoff run. And they never trailed in a series. Um, Just pure domination. Yeah. Ridiculous run differential. I, they were just throwing stats up on the screen after the game last night. And I was like, Holy, yeah, I think Crap. I saw it was only the second time in the last what 15 years that a team's won the cup with in, in under 20 games. In the, yeah, it, that, yeah, it, it, impressive. That's nuts. Absolutely nuts. Uh, yeah, ho- ho- hockey was good to me this year. Now, hopefully, the uh, Bears can turn around and take the Calder Cup back again next year. That'd hopefully, be nice. hopefully, it's been too long, especially after they got host in 2020. That was a uh, bullshit. And oh, 20, yeah, I mean, the last two years, I thought that yeah. those teams were stacked and. Now they've aged out a little bit and have some prospects coming, but yeah, yeah, hopefully next year will be a little better for them. It should be. All right, so uh, Jason, let's move on. A, a new th- a yeah. new segment we're going to do. Uh, Jason, you're going to be highlighting some prospects for us each week, um, and you have a pretty cool story for this one, I believe. Yeah, so um, I'm calling this segment a, a, a new segment here. Uh, I'm calling it "Down on the Farm." Uh, basically, I'll each week I'll highlight a couple uh, standout performances and thing like things like that from all across minor league baseball. Um, and I have three three prospects here that I, that I wanted to bring up. Uh, the first one I'm going to save one for for the end here, but the first one is Chris Murphy, who is the Red Sox number eight, uh, excuse me, number ten prospect. Uh, he's currently in double A with the Portland Sea Dogs uh, pitcher. He went uh, eight innings, one hit, or excuse me, six innings, one hit, and eight strikeouts this week. Uh, very dominant performance uh, for, for Murphy there. And then the other one that kind of stood out to me this week, Hunter Bishop who is in the San Francisco Giants system. He's actually their number eight prospect. He's currently in high A ball playing for the Eugene Emeralds. So that's a fun, fun team name there. Uh, This week he batted 381 and had 10 RBI. Uh, That is pretty darn good. (laughs) Um. And there were a couple other names that kind of stood out. Anthony Volpe, the Yankees' top prospect, he had a walk-off home run to uh, clinch the first half division for their double-A affiliate, the Somerset Patriots, who, as all three of us are familiar with, used to be in the independent league against our our barnstormers in the Atlantic League here. Um, But a a prospect that I really wanted to highlight this week, um, yes, he's a Phillies player, but his his road to the majors has been something else. Uh, Mark Apple, the uh, he was drafted in 2012, and he was drafted uh, eighth overall by the Pirates. And instead of going to the Pirates, he decided to go back to Stanford for his senior year. 
He was then uh, drafted as the number one overall pick in 2013 by the Houston Astros. And after all this time, this past weekend, he was finally called up on June 25th at 30 years old. Uh, he did not get into the games this weekend, uh, but basically Connor Brogdon in the bullpen was put on the COVID list. So they needed a pitcher and they brought him up. And and this is kind of his road here. Uh, he was traded to the Phillies in 2015 for Ken Giles. And across over that time until 2018, he had a 5.06 ERA and a 1.52 whip. Um, he was being cons- he was being called the biggest bust in MLB draft history, and injuries plagued him for for so long um, that in 2018 he quit baseball. Uh, quit baseball for about three seasons, and he even came out this past weekend after the call up and said, you know, uh, he. He battled depression uh, in 2014, and he just was really excited to get back into it. Now, he did come back in 2020, uh, excuse me, 2021. And just to give you an idea, other players that were drafted in 2013, to kind of give you an idea of the careers that have been had, Chris Bryant was the number two overall pick. Tim Anderson was the number 17 pick. And Aaron Judge was the number 32 overall pick in that draft. So there were some studs in, the, in that draft, and Apple being number one overall and just didn't, had not panned out. Well, he did rejoin the Phil system in 2021. And in last year, he went three and six, had a 6.06 ERA. So struggling again. This year in AAA, he is 5-0 with a 1.61 ERA in 28 innings pitched. So great turnaround for Mark Apple. And it's really exciting that he finally was able to get that first call up. Even though he didn't pitch, he can say for certain that he was, a major, he was in the major leagues. So uh, down the farm this week, Mark Apple, congratulations on your call up. And ho- hopefully there's... Uh, many more uh, victories to be had for you. That That's freaking cool, man. Uh, that Wow. Hell of a journey. Yeah, really? <laughs> Damn. Uh, I'm getting like, you know, future movie vibe tingles going down my arm right now because, you know, there aren't enough baseball movies out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it kind of has like the, 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 the rookie feel to it almost. Yeah, really yeah, does. I was thinking that. Um, especially, I'm interested to see what he does when he finally gets into a game. Um, I don't know how long Brogdon's going to be out on the COVID list. So, I mean, probably. Phillies have, yeah, Phillies, Phillies have an off day today. So uh, it's very possible we'll see him over the next couple of days uh, against the Braves. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, especially if they stri- if he strikes out uh, the Braves batters, it'll be a good time. <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck with that. Atlanta killed the last rookie they faced. Um. You know, another thing, the Red Sox prospect, Jason, I actually saw him earlier this year when I was at that Senators game on their home opener. Man, he throws smoke. And uh, the sound of that ball hitting the hitting the catcher's mitt, 
it reminds me a lot of like uh, Craig Kimbrell-esque, you know, one of those high 90s guys just mm. pumping heat. Uh, the Harrisburg Senators, let, let's face it, they're not a very good team this year, just kind of similar to the entire Nationals organization. Um, they had absolutely no answer for him. I think he gave up two or three hits total, maybe a couple walks here and there. Uh, the Senators didn't score a run until he was long out of the game and mm-hmm. the uh, bullpen was in. So I, I can tell you from experience actually watching him, he's he's going to be a big guy for the Red Sox when they eventually bring him up. Yeah, and it was very tempting to, uh, if not for Mark Apple, I probably would have even looked at Andrew Painter and um, Mick Abel in the Phil systems because those two guys are on the same team right now, and they are just <laughs> killing it. <laughs> but well, You know, and that's yeah. the nice thing about this new segment, Jason – any given week, you're going to yeah. have way too many prospects to pick from. So th- this should be a really fun experiment for you this summer. To you know, yeah, I'll, I'll probably end up see, picking one or two uh, hitters and one one and one or two pitchers just to kind of get some variety. But uh, we'll be going across all levels. So t- today we we went we had Triple A to the majors, we had Double A, and we also had High Single A. So um, we'll be getting a I'll be getting a Nice variety of everybody here, so we can start really looking at the future of the sport. I love it. I love it. All right. So, uh, you know, we didn't have enough craziness this weekend, just with the Mariners and the Angels. The Astros went up to New York to face the Yankees. And on Saturday, they no-hit the Yankees. It was a combined no-hitter. It wasn't solo. It was Christian Avier, Hector Neris, and I never thought – I would ever see Hector Neris's name next to a combined no hitter, and then Ryan Presley and Jason. Just, just so you know, Neris did almost blow the no hitter. He walked, I think, two guys the inning he was in there. So, it, some things never change. <laughs> um, Javier in that game, he he threw smoke. Thirteen strikeouts in seven innings. Dusty did pull him. He was at one hundred and fifteen pitches. Understandable. You have two innings to go. That's that's too high of a count to let that try and run. Um, that was the 14th no-hitter in Astros history, the most by any franchise since the Astros began play in 1962. I don't know who owns the all-time no-hitter record for franchises. I did not decide to delve that deep into the uh, history of baseball this weekend. I was a little busy. Um, this is the eighth time the Yankees have ever been no-hit and the sixth time at home. So if you're going to no-hit the Yankees, apparently you're going to do it at home, which is odd with that short porch they have in right field. And then on Sunday, the Yankees were nearly no hit again before uh, Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run in the seventh inning. Between hits over the span, they went over 52. And that was a 16 and a third inning hitless drought. That's the longest by any team since at least 1961. And that's uh, per the wonderful guys at Elias Sports Bureau. And then, as has happened many times this year, Aaron Judge hit the walk-off home run in the tenth to win the game. I I I, I should have writ, written this down, but I I saw a crazy stat that when Stanton and Judge hit a home run, I think the Yankees have only lost like two or three games this year when that's happened. It, it's it, the two of them are just ridiculous. But how about the Astros? I mean, this series was nuts. The Yankees came from behind twice. The Astros threw a no hitter. Damn near threw two no hitters. I, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and the, that's the other thing. Uh, the last two times, I believe it said that the Yankees were no hit or the last two times they were no hit at home. Both times were the Astros. Um, was it the and, Verlander? 
Uh, it it was older. It was older than that. It was like early two thousands, I, I believe it was. Was that the one where Oswalt was in and came out after an inning because he it got could, hurt? It could be. Um, I, I didn't do too much diving into that. I just saw the stat that it was the last two times or last two times at home. It was the Astros. Um, but I mean, the the big thing here too is, I mean, there were more hits in the uh, Angels Mariners brawl than there were in those sixteen and the third innings pitch for a while. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. I saw I saw somebody this weekend say that that you know this weekend proves we need another Astros Yankees ALCS. I'm like, the hell we do. Knock no. it off. No, no. We don't need that. We don't need either of those teams in the ALCS. As can, far they both, as can they both get knocked out in the ALDS? I'm 100% okay with that, personally. <laughs> I'd be fine with either or both. Tank, not that it's going to happen, tanking in the second half and end up not even making the playoffs. <laughs> the Astro glide. <laughs> Ryan, we love you, buddy. <laughs> Comment of the night right there. Yeah, well done, sir. <laughs> Jason, I, I appreciate your effort to try and bring a zinger out, but man, he he just swept the rug right out from under your feet. I mean, he's using Astroglide. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> and then Jim, the Orioles, they're winning baseball games. Holy shit. Here we go. Oriole magic, baby. It's back <laughs> live. Charm City's coming, coming back to well, I wouldn't go that far. No, dude. Um, yeah, it's been it's been kind of a wild year. The the you know, the the youth movement in in Baltimore is kind of alive and well. I know you had you had pulled a couple of the stats. Um, I, I pulled some of the same ones as well. You know, the first four game winning streak of the year, uh, six games under five hundred, and we were sitting here in June. Um, you know, over the weekend they hit the thirty second win of the year. Um, and if you look back over the last three seasons, uh, twenty eighteen when they hit their thirty second win, they were thirty two and seventy five, and twenty nineteen. When they hit their uh, 32nd win, they were 32 and 69. 2021, they were 32 and 64. This year, 32 and 39. So, like, there, there's definitely marked improvement there. Um, you know, we're sitting here in the last week of June. They're 19 and a half back in the division, but uh, they're sitting seven games outside of a wild card spot. Now, I now let let me be clear. I'm not sitting here with some sort of high, crazy aspirations that 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 seven games is going to get closed and, and the Orioles are going to make in, in, into a wild card spot. But to, to see to see this team sitting in the middle third of the league as opposed to the bottom third of the league um, is is pretty fun to watch. Uh, they had two back-to-back shutouts against uh, – I mean, it was against the White Sox, but still, give, give me something. Uh, back-to-back shutouts against the White Sox last week, uh, which was their seventh on the year. Um, through their first 71 games. It's the most in that span, shortest span in 25 years. Uh, like Andrew, you have have here, uh, eight of their last 11. Um, I, I saw a stat over the weekend that if they were, if they were able to keep that pace, now again, I, I don't think that is going to be the case either, uh, they would finish somewhere around 96 and 66, uh, which would be absolutely insane um to to uh to believe in um they're 13 and 10 uh currently in the month of june going into the final three which are in seattle uh the last time they had a month uh over 500 was august of 2017 um so all they need to do is win one out of the next three 
uh, in Seattle to, to make that mark. And, and as of yesterday, uh, if they played in any other division, now, again, keep in mind, this is still with the AL East schedule. They would be third in the Central, tied for third in the West, third in the NL Central, and fourth in the NL and uh, East and West. So, the, the, you know, I, I remember when... I remember when they hired their manager and he used to be a, a, uh, in the Cubs organization and, and, um, my state farm insurance agent, Mark Hope in downtown Lidditz is a huge Cubs fan. And I, and I had, to, I had been down in his office for something and I was, I was talking to him and I was like, so what, what's, what's the, what's the scoop on this guy? And he goes, look, it's not going to be a quick turnaround. Um, you, you, you don't, you don't fix a house that's decrepit and falling apart um, in in a week, um, but he they're like he said if if he if the Orioles let this guy do his thing and 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 work and bring in the youth, then um, then then he is going to make the team uh, better. So and and it, and it's working again. I, I don't know what the ceiling is for the Orioles. Uh, I have no. I've never seen them win a World Series, and I'm not holding my breath that it's going to happen anytime soon. But it's fun to get excited about anything when it comes to Orioles baseball. Well, I mean, Jim, you're used to not even having to pay attention by this point in the season. Oh yeah, I mean, I used to, I used to joke that uh, you know, like I'm an Orioles fan, and I root for the Phillies when the Orioles get eliminated from the playoffs. So I'm a Phillies fan from opening day on. <laughs> that's, like, that's always been the joke because, like, it just. You know, it, 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 it with, with the exception of those two years, what was it, fifteen and seventeen? Um, besides that, it, it's it's been pretty bleak for the hell since before I hit puberty. So it's 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 been a, it's been a long road of of crap for the for the Baltimore Orioles. Well, I mean, and, and the thing that the Orioles have going for them right now is one, I am still incredibly jealous of the bullpen that you have. Uh, although the Phillies to be jealous of that bullpen. Yeah, although the, the Phillies bullpen lately has been better, which I'll touch on later. But the young guys are are doing so well. Like Adley's doing well. Um, even like Austin Hayes, like they're getting a contribution from everybody, Absolutely. which is what you need to get runs like that. So um yeah, the Orioles now, are looking now, good. Now the hope is because we there's been points, pockets over the last decade or so, where you've seen young talent begin to begin to make that rise. Do, do you actually let them stay in Baltimore, or do you move them? And and you know that that's that's the trepidatious side of me that's just waiting for them to trade Hayes and to trade Rutschman and 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 all these guys. And, and um, it would be a real shame because I, I I think they're actually you know is is potential for this team. You know we've seen the Blue Jays make noise in this division. We've obviously seen the Rays make noise in this division. We've seen other teams throughout baseball that, that have come up. And even if it's for a year or two, they, they, they make a run at the world series, sometimes win a world series. Again, I, I don't, I don't have this, this, uh, th- this false belief that, that it's going to happen for the Orioles. But if you, if you continue to let this thing grow with what they've been doing, that there's, there's no reason to believe that they can't in a couple more years, Mm-hmm. Be, be in contention they have a tremendous farm system and, and continue to let it grow and and you know reap the harvest yeah i think the thing with the orioles is they've been playing well against their own division and that division to me is 
the hardest and the deepest in all of baseball. And, and uh, our our uh, follower and listener, uh, Jason, uh, he kind of let us know, you know, the Red Sox were 19 and four so far uh, within this this month. So they are the hottest team in baseball right now. Like I know, Andrew, we had the good runs with the Phils and the Braves and both of our teams are still having heck of a month in June, but there's, I don't think there's a hotter team right now than the Red Sox and they're making a run. You're going to see the Blue Jays make runs. I mean, the Orioles have a very good chance, even if they don't get in, they can play spoiler at some point throughout this year for, for two or even three of those teams. Yeah, I mean, every division outside of the NL West has at least one team with with wins still only in the twenties, and the Orioles are at thirty four. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that again, that's that's playing within that schedule. You put the Orioles in the Central, God only knows, you know, that they, they could be better, or the AL West, or or whatever, you know, that that you get amongst competition that's not as great as yours. You know, they, they could potentially be, uh, you know, sitting sitting near the top of the division, uh, on top of a division, and, and and certainly higher in the wild card if you're playing a different different set. You know, give me give me more series against the Royals and the Tigers uh, rather than the Red Sox and the Yankees, please. Yeah, well, I mean, the Red Sox sure have handled the Yankees pretty well this year. So, it's about to say the the. The Red Sox in the uh, AL East right now, butter seven and fourteen. You guys are fifteen and nineteen. You've more than doubled the Red Sox total wins. Yeah, which, I mean it's, it's like that's that to that to me right there is, is is probably one of the more encouraging stats is is when you're when you're I mean you're almost at five hundred against the, the the best overall competition. And there's teams obviously throughout the year or throughout the league that are that are better than you know the Rays or probably the Blue Jays. But like when when you're constantly playing against the toughest teams and, and you're winning almost half your games that 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 that's something that is certainly something yeah um i anybody else wish we could swap the nationals and the orioles around move the orioles into the nl east just so we could you know go see our team jason doesn't want that right <laughs> yeah no. I, i'd much rather go see them play in in philly than have to, i mean look i love camden yards but i don't love baltimore that's the problem <laughs> Yeah, but if it's an afternoon game, you just park in Timonium and take the damn light rail. Well, that's true. That's true. Then you don't even have to deal with Baltimore. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but, I, I would be okay not seeing the the Phillies play the Orioles regularly because they are like the Marlins of the American League. Uh, <laughs> kind of, kind of like the Rangers, which again we'll get to later. But yeah, <laughs> Orioles can stay in the American League, Jim. <laughs> Didn't you guys sweep them last year, Jason? I don't remember. All I know is the, the I, they, they may have, but the Phils usually do have trouble with the Orioles. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think last year was an anomaly. <laughs> last year was an odd year for a lot of things. I know uh, the Braves won and everything. Yeah. I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> that hasn't happened since I was a damn kid. Jason, quit poking the bear. The fucking Vikings <laughs> are going to win end up winning a Super Bowl. That's... <laughs> wouldn't that be a hell of a funny thing if the vikings win a damn super bowl before the cowboys get to seven i just said i just stop tempting fate like just stop it you know let it just let it be do we do we play again this year or did or did the vikings and cowboys miss each other i think they play this year I think they do yeah i think it's uh let me let me double check 
because I think it's the uh, the East and then and the North play each other this year. Oh, good. We can beat up on the Eagles. Love that. Uh, let's see here. Schedule. Cowboys. No. Yeah, no, I was wrong. Oh, wait, where is it? Oh. Nope. November 20th. There it is. Nice. nice. Well, they play four straight against the uh, – they have the Lions in week seven, the Bears in week eight, then they have a bye, then they have the Packers in week 10, and the Vikings in week 11. Nice. Let, let's be fair. They have three bye weeks there. Oh, that's true. That is true. I don't know, man. I'm, well, yeah, with, definitely with the Bears. And maybe even, <laughs> maybe even with the Lions, too. I, well, I mean, Dallas needed, like, both of the last two years, they needed to come from behind victories to beat the uh, the Vikings, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it's at Minnesota, so. I'll say I'm pretty sure neither game was even a Dak Prescott game. It was Andy Dalton, and then we had um, – Oh, who was, yeah, who was the guy that played was, last year? Uh, Cooper Rush was it Cooper? Yeah, I think it was Cooper Rush last year. Good, yeah, Lord. yeah. What the Vikings I... defense totally fell apart in that one. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah, it, it, Jim. You probably remember it on Twitter me going from absolute ecstatic joy to like, yeah, okay, so it's just gonna be this fucking shit it's, it's again, just over. And, it's and, again over. and again yeah. and again, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Well, what do you think, Joe? Chicago Bears, Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think, man? Uh, I don't know. I, I doubt it. Um, <laughs> the last thing the Bears should be doing is changing quarterback. Again. Quarterback's fine. It's everything else in, with the Bears that's the problem. I mean, Christ, they've had, what, 45 quarterbacks since 1983? I mean, good Lord, man. Yeah, the that's long, all? The long-running joke, the, the running joke now for a season and a half on Huddle Up has been that, that – Fields will end up being the best quarterback in Bears history. Not that it's that hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I guess we're starting football talk early this evening, gentlemen. <laughs> I got to knock the rust off, man. I got I got to fire up, fire up the fire up the bus in a month and a half. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. I just. <sighs> You know, I can accept the fact that the Vikings will not beat the Packers for the division this year. Could they at least look better than they did last year? I am so tired of watching that defense, which yeah. was supposed to be freaking Mike Zimmer's forte, fall apart late in games when Kirk Cousins wasn't actually playing bad. He was actually playing pretty decently last year. And the defense can't do diddly fucking yeah, stuff. That's, yeah, that's that's a problem. The, the fact that when you have a defensive head coach and, and your defense falls apart that that's that's usually a sign that it's over <laughs> yeah i like zimmer don't get me wrong i really did i thought he was a great hire when they hired him but boy at the end of that run yeah i mean fine. it's every what what was the what was the quote i just heard every coach every coach has a shelf life yeah it doesn't matter how good they are every coach has a shelf life every Every Super Bowl winning coach, every World Series winning coach, eventually, it, it's it's going to run out. Um, and and you know it, you know you look at you know and and uh, staying going back to the, to the hockey when when Bruce Boudreaux took over the Capitals and changed that organization, there was only so there was only so far they were going to get with him, and then there was the writing was on the wall, and it happens everywhere. No, no matter what, every every great coach. Uh, will eventually, you know, Sean McVay will 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 
peak out with the Rams. Andy Reid will peak out with with the Chiefs. It is go, it will it will inevitably happen everywhere. I mean, hell, Andy Reid did that once to the Eagles too. So I mean, yeah, we already, I mean, yeah, there's I mean, history of this happening with him. You know, I, I know Doug Peterson won their Super Bowl, but Andy Reid was the best coach in Eagles history. So, yeah. but but again, even he had a shelf life. Yeah. Ah, uh, football. So let's see. T minus how many how many months until Penn State starts to, to uh, disappoint me? Yeah, I give it like. Well, it's when, almost July. Yeah. So when do they play Ohio State? <laughs> yeah, it's a Notre Dame starts with. So that should be uh, that should yeah, be. Yeah, that'll be that'll be delightful. God <laughs> damn it! A game where I can't even root for anybody. What the hell? <laughs> what? Bring back the tie, please. Bring back the tie. Come on. <laughs> Uh, okay, one more. <laughs> All right, Jason. If the Dolphins miss the playoffs, will Tua be bye bye? Uh, I think it's too soon to get rid of him. If they yeah, miss the playoffs, like, I think it's too soon. Do I think he's the answer? No, but do I think that that they should write him off if they don't make the playoffs this year? Absolutely not. Yeah, it's it's too soon. You can't cut with a guy like that, especially when you have the Bills, who are arguably the best team in the AFC and the Patriots who are uh, pretty much in my opinion, probably a lock for the postseason. Patriots yeah. will always still be the Patriots. So, yeah, I mean, you have, you have another year with, you know, defensive players coming back. They've, they've retold a bit. Um, you have, uh, what the heck is the quarterback there? His name slipping my mind, but um, you know, his, his second year now, you know the Patriots. The Patriots are are probably closer to a playoff lock than the Dolphins are. So, if the Dolphins don't make it, I don't necessarily think it's to his fault. Yeah. All right. So hopping back to baseball, since I think we're finally out of football questions for the time being. Um, so Tony Larusa has been telling some of his guys to slow down. Actually, it, it's not Tony. It's the uh, training staff. Um, there are a couple guys, Tim Anderson, Jose Bray, Lewis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, and A.J. Pollock. These are guys who have been hurt, and because they've had such a large number of players that have been injured, um, LaRusso told reporters that um, these guys are playing under, quote, trainer instructions that if they make a routine out, they slow it down running to first. He said he wanted fans to understand the slower running that the slower running isn't because of a lack of hustle, um, he wants the fans to understand they're not lazy, but their legs are important. T- Tony, Tony, why you've never given two shits what the fans thought before now. You've thrown your own players under the bus in the last couple years. What the hell? Hey, How mad is the training staff that they can't keep the players healthy running to first? Right. Like, like it just what? <laughs> Like I, I'm trying to think of a time I, I've I've like heard or, or like read a, a a statement like as ludicrous as that. Like what what are you? Are you kidding me? Like even even like a league minimum. Like these guys are getting paid adequately. We'll we'll call it adequately. And and, and you know yeah. If you yeah, you need to look at your training staff. It's not the players' fault. If you're having this, if you're having this many injury problems. You figure out a different training program. There's there's 30 other teams in the in the league that aren't having this issue. It's not it's not it's not a hustling problem. I just I, I saw that and I was like, 
how does this man still have a job? Now, most most managers will pull their guys for not hustling. Like I, I know, like I've seen uh, the Phillies managers do it all, all throughout. Like um, even going back to when uh, Charlie Manuel benched Jimmy Rollins for not running out of a, a ground ball to first. Like Cunha a few years ago for not running out of ball to first. And then he benched him again later in the year because he thought he hit a home run, pimped it, it hit the wall, and he ended up with a long single. Like, come on. Guys, we need to slow down running to first base because this is clearly you, the problem. Yeah. Because the training staff fair. can't stretch you out enough. <laughs> to be fair, the White Sox peaked in the beginning of June last year, so maybe he's trying to save up the energy. Yeah, well, that's true. Maybe maybe they'll peak in mid-July this year if they, with, with this strategy. I just – every I, I, every week or two, La Russa does something else that I, I'm like, I, I'm just going to ignore it, and then it's just so fucking ridiculous I have to put it on the episode for the week. It's like every week or every other week now. How does this man still have a job? Yeah, it's it's insane. Like it's it's a legacy thing, right? Because he he's 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 an old legend. Like that that's the only justification. Well, the other thing is, and you read Chicago writers, him him and Reinsdorf are, are best best friends, and Reinsdorf let him go when he had him the last time. So there's a lot of. I think regret there on Reinsdorf's part, um, which is a stupid way to run a team. But yeah, what do I what do I know? We start an aging right fielder every other fucking day. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it's time for them to have that. Uh, it's not you, it's me conversation. <laughs> but it's actually you. <laughs> We're not gonna... ready for this long term commitment. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong; he's got a hell of a career. 2,855 wins. If I remember right, that's second all-time, a 536 winning percentage. He's got, uh, what, three World Series titles. He's won six pennants, so that's over 35 years. Don't give me – he had a hell of a peak. And he also had a damn good Cardinals team that he just could keep riding Albert Pujols until the end of time. Dude, you <laughs> – you're out of touch with it now, man. Old right, school- thing. I mean, it, like I, it's similar to what we were saying with, with every coach is a shelf life. I mean, every great coach will get passed by by the game. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, in, inevitably what what used to work won't work anymore. Yeah, and well, I mean, I that's and, what we're seeing here. I, I mean, and and it, it goes back to what we talked about uh, last month with uh, Joe Girardi being fired. You can't let past uh, accolades dictate who you bring in presently. Uh, you know, La Russa has this great career, but when was the last time his teams made it to the World Series or, or, or won a, a championship? You know, it's... 2011. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the same as Girardi. You know, Girardi won the World Series in 2009. Like, that doesn't mean that he is a good manager now. So you, you can't just keep ha- hanging on to the managers because of past accolades. You're going to pass on some young uh, managers who can probably take you to the next level. Well, let's remember with Girardi too. 
Girardi hasn't been successful anywhere that's not called the uh, New York Yankees. I, and I get Miami, he was only there for a partial season. So I don't really, I don't hold that against him. Nobody's going to look that good in a partial season. But he was with the Phillies for a decent enough chunk of time, and he was over 500 one time. And I mean, I get it. The Phillies hadn't, before that, hadn't been over 500 in a very long time. But he was the kind of guy that they brought him in, and they were hoping he was going to get things jump-started quite a bit quicker than he did. And he didn't. And guys, how long do you think the Tony LaRusa circus is going to go? Like how, how long is Reinsdorf going to be able to justify keeping him around? How long is his contract? Uh, I'll pull that up. Let me see here. I would say at least through the end of the year, um, you know, depending on the length of the contract, maybe I, I mean, to be as loaded as they have been the last two years, and to have nothing to show for it but an AL Central title at this point it is an embarrassment for a guy as good as La Russa used to be. Um, you know, that, that that's the disappointing thing here. I think if, if there's any length beyond this year, I wouldn't keep him. Mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't either. Uh, hold on. Where's that damn article? I just had it. Yeah, it... it... Now, if, if it gets really bad and, and um, I don't know if the White Sox fans even care anymore at this point, uh, yeah. but but like if, if the fan base gets loud enough, then then maybe you make a change uh, before the end of the year, to, again, depending on the, the length of contract. But um, yeah, especially because the relationship between the two, that there's a huge part of me that would be probably really surprised to see him get moved in season. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, we've, we've seen it in other sports before. I mean, g- going back to the football world, you know, the, the, the Jason Garrett situation in Dallas, he was never getting fired during a season, ever, ever, because of the relationship that he had with Jerry Jones. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of what you're seeing here with this, uh, is is the, the ownership has a respect for the guy that he's not going to get rid of him in season. Uh, let's see. It was a multi-year. Does it say how many years? I mean, they're only they're only five and a half back at this point, so they're not obviously not out of it. No. So that that calculates into it too as well. But you know, if you don't if you don't make a, a solid run in the playoffs this year, when you have one of the most electric shortstops in all of baseball. At least from a personality standpoint and a hitting standpoint, um, you know, and, and you've got all of this talent we've been hearing about for two years now. I mean, you know, God deliver on it. Yeah, yeah it looks I, like his deal, as far as I can tell, basically only runs through this year. Yeah, all I'm seeing is a multi-year deal that was signed uh, two years ago. I'm not seeing any other details. So yeah. the White Sox and and, and, and you know six months ago they said he's returning for 2022. So yeah, if it's if it's kind of this handshake deal for this year, I, I'd be I'd be shocked because of the friendship to see him moved. I guess yeah. if it gets really that bad, you wouldn't have a choice. Um, and and maybe he it would be one of those things like. Hey, you're going to resign today. Yeah. I mean, and I think we're we're almost at the midway point of the season, and they are 
that close. They're yeah, they're competitive. So, so with them being competitive, I, I don't think, even if they start to drop off, I don't think you'll see him uh, leave before the end of the season, especially if, if his contract's up after this season. I think it'll be one of those, fish out the season, thank you for your time, I'm going to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they need to. They absolutely needed to. Um, one thing I didn't put on there, Joe, KB finally got activated by the uh, Rockies, so maybe he, he will, unlike Tatis, be able to put up a few statistics for the fans to uh, try to fail voting him into the All-Star game. <laughs> I did fan voting. Hey, 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 let him make the All-Star game in a position he never plays in. That's fine. Maybe he'll be pitcher this time. <laughs> Who knows? All right, let's move on. All right, so it was it, it was a good week for Atlanta last week. They took three out of four from the Giants. They almost they almost took that whole series. Um, one game I wanted to touch on was the first game of the series because you know game one always sets the tone for the entire series. Max Fried came on versus Logan Webb, and I mean I was expecting not a whole lot of runs, not a whole lot of offense, and uh, boy, that's exactly what happened. Uh, Max Freed, brilliant game, seven innings, five hits, one run, eight strikeouts, two walks. Logan Webb matched him pretty well, seven innings, six hits, one run, seven strikeouts, no walks. Um, Atlanta did get a home run from Travis Darno in the second. Uh, Will Smith predictably came in and uh, blew the save, although it was an inherited runner, so that went to Freed. But then the uh, Braves rallied in the uh, bottom of the ninth, um, Orlando Arcia, who has done so well filling in for Ozzy Albie since he got hurt, uh, single to left to knock Goslin home and uh, move Ozunov. Not that that mattered because it was the bottom of the ninth. Um, it, it, honestly, guys, the the Braves Giants series, I was really happy. These were all tightly contested games. You had a, a two to one victory, a 12 10 loss, a 4 3 victory, a 7 6 victory. This is what Atlanta needed to see. Uh, you know, they had that great 14 game streak. But let's face it, they weren't fighting against very good teams for the most part. Actually, I don't think any of those teams were over 500. Not even the team that ended the damn streak was over 500. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Joe. <laughs> God damn it. So it, it was good to see the Braves. I mean, the Braves this past week, yes, they were at home, but they were facing two of the best teams, two of the three best teams out in the NL West with the Giants and the Dodgers. So they were able to handle the Giants. They took three out of four. And then the Dodgers came to town. And, uh, boy, you want to talk about an emotional week. First, Jock Peterson got his ring earlier in the week when the Giants came in. And then Freddie came back. First time Freddie has been back in Atlanta since uh, the offseason. More details have come out about the uh, contract negotiations, although Freddie didn't really want to get involved with it during his press conference. He actually, when he, he walked in and then needed to go out for a few minutes to recompose himself before going back in again to, you know, to have his pregame press conference on uh, Friday night. And, you know, it, he, you know, he said afterwards he did all the things he would have done when he was with Atlanta. He and Charlie went to his favorite breakfast spot. The Freddie omelet was still on the menu that he always would get before games. Um, and then Friday night, you know, the Braves played. We are the champions for him, just like they did for everybody else on opening day. Um, he was able to come out. Brian Snicker gave him his ring because, uh, you know, they asked Freddie and the, you know, they asked Freddie, did he want to get? Did they want the Braves to bring the ring with them to? 
LA or did he want to wait until he came home? And, uh, you know, he said he wanted to wait, you know, I, all week, last week on Tomahawk Talk and every other Brave social media site, it was all, oh my gosh, I hope Freddie still gets a good reception. I hope people aren't assholes, you know, because it, it's a game, it's a business, yada, 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 yada. I'm very happy to say um, Freddie got a huge ovation during his ring ceremony. And then for his first at bat, the game was pretty much stopped for about a minute, minute and a half, because uh, the, the crowd was just screaming for him chanting you know freddie freddie mvp mvp you know it i loved seeing it i i still even thinking about that i i'm getting chills and tingles i i love it and i i fully expect uh once freddie's contract's up if if he can get one more year i fully expect him to come back to atlanta on a one-year deal before he retires because you you could tell how much he loved playing in that city playing for those fans and um you know, it, it just sucks. His He trusted his agents and didn't know really what was going on. They basically gave Alex Andopoulos an ultimatum, gave him two offers, neither of which were even in the realm of what had been talked about before. And so Andopoulos said, fine, screw that. Went out and got Matt Olson, And then Freddie actually took less money than the Braves last offer to go out to L.A. So, you know, should Freddie been more involved? Sure. Should Andopoulos have reached out to Freddie? Sure. You know, there's so much what if, and it's frustrating. And, you know, I to this day, I am still shocked the Braves didn't get this done. I, I put that completely on the front office for not getting this done, you know, before last season started when it should have been done. It never should have gotten to the offseason. But I'm really glad to see Freddie get the reception he deserved coming back to Atlanta. And then um, the game I wanted to focus on in this series was the second game, which was the only game that the Braves won. And ironically, Max Fried was pitching once again, because if you'll notice the trend here, I, I am uh, firmly on the Max Fried should be in the uh, consideration for Cy Young and hopefully will be by the end of the year with the year he's having so far. Uh, Freed once again dominated the Dodgers, six and two-thirds, six hits, two earned runs, a walk, nine strikeouts. Will Smith did not blow it for Max this time. It was Minter who blew it this time in the uh, eighth inning uh, before the Braves rallied back on um, an Ozuna home run. And then uh, Kenley Jansen picked up his 20th save of the season. That that had to be nice for uh, Jansen, too, to pick up another save against his former team. So, unfortunately, the, the series didn't go Atlanta's way. They did drop 2-3. It was a 4-1 loss, a 5-3 loss, and a 5-3 victory. But, again, there were no blowouts. They kept it tight against a fantastic Dodgers team. They took three out of four from a fantastic Giants team. Guys, I, I really have no complaints. I would have loved to have seen the Braves not blow that Dodgers series because that last game was an extra innings loss. But you know what? I, I can't complain with that week last week. No, they, they saw a solid week, um, especially after having that streak that they did um, against teams that aren't as good uh this really kind of was a test for the Braves and they absolutely passed it this week. Yeah. I was quite happy. Um, guys, anything else, Joe, Jim? I think the Braves did what they needed to do. It's about freaking time too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he, sa he says after a 14 game winning streak was snapped and only yeah, two losses. <laughs> Well, but again, it was a 14-game winning streak against terrible teams. 
And, and then you lost two in a row, and then you had this week. <laughs> and you lost two in a row. To a oh, it's about time they won two series after somebody's a little spoiled after winning the World Series last year. And a Stanley Cup and a wrestling title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We know. We get it. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Well, it's been fun, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. What about Here's them Cubbies, man? Tell me not to do this shit anymore. <laughs> Joe, take it away. I'm going to shut up now. About time. Jesus. <laughs> Man, the one I um, get on this show. <laughs> look, uh, there's no way to sugarcoat this. This is a mixed bag of a week for the Cubs this week. Um, they lost three or four to the Pirates. Um, you know, game one, they lose this one 12 1. Brubaker for Pittsburgh goes six innings, five hits, five strikeouts, no runs. Um, Cruz made his debut for the Pirates in this game. Uh, three RB, a three RBI double and an RBI single. So, hell of a debut, kid. Keep it up, man. Um, you know, the only offense in this game for the Cubs was a Ian Happ RBI single who continues to rake and trade value continues to go up. Jason, I'm looking at you, kid. <laughs> uh, you know, the biggest thing, too, is, you know, VR had his sixth error of the year on this one. This was the beginning of the downward uh, trajectory for Jonathan VR. Thank God. Um, so, yeah, game two, the 7-1 loss. Uh, Wisdom had a homer in this game. Swarmer went four innings, five hits, five runs. Not his, not his best stuff, obviously. Um, just just a terrible, terrible series. Um Game three, the Cubs get a W. They win this one 14 to 5. It was 14 to 1 going into the ninth inning. <laughs> so kind of make it look a little better, I guess. Um Keegan Thompson, you know, I, I've talked about him pretty much every week on this on this show. Uh continues to do the job, whatever role they put him in. Six innings, four hits, a run, a walk, seven strikeouts. Keegan Thompson this year is seven and two with a 3.1 ERA. Uh, the guy is getting it done is a really solid pitcher. He's just a gamer. He's like, okay, you're going to give me the ball in the fourth inning of your game. Give me the ball to start the game. Okay. Whatever. Um, so I'm really impressed with what he's been able to do. In this game, the four, 14 to five win, um, Rivas goes two for four with a homer, gets hit, five RBIs, uh, two runs. The, the, Four of those, he got a grand slam in the ninth inning against a position player. I forget who it was. Um, but um, and, and Ortega went three for five in this game, two runs, two RBIs, and a walk. Um, they lose the, the game on Thursday, 8-7 in 10 innings. Uh, Justin Steele, not his best start, five and two-thirds, seven hits, six runs, eight strikeouts, two homers. Um the Cubs had a seven to six lead in the top of the eighth. Um, and Chavez had a homer in the bottom of the eighth and had an RBI single um, to first base. And Cabrian Hayes scored in the 10th. Um, so Cabrian Hayes continues to do what the Pirates ask him to do and, and make big plays in big moments. And, um, you know, the Pirates have, have some talent here. It's, it's really uh, an interesting series. And, and Bedner, their, their closer is, phenomenal to watch so when, when you play the pirates if you guys play the pirates bedner is uh is pretty pretty impressive to watch 
Um, the, the Cubs got outscored in this series again, thirty-two to twenty-three to the Pirates. Ouch! Shit! Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> Damn. This, this is this is just as bad, Jim and, and guys, as as when they beat the Pirates twenty-one nothing in the one game and out got outscored in the series. It was terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> I have it. That's not something I would keep reminding the the listening audience of. One of those things you 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 cry. You, it's the, the 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 crying with a shower beer situation when you just keep remembering that one. Hey, Cubs fans, do you, do you remember when? Well, and it's no, I don't remember say, that. What the hell are you talking you, about? It's funny you say that because in the middle of of Cub games, the uh, the CHGO Cubs uh, Twitter family they they. You know, if they have the Cubs have a lead, they go and they blow it. They go, "What was your favorite part of the Cubs three nothing lead?" <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I mean, when you're when you're bad enough for long enough, you just learn to have a sense of humor about how bad you are. Jim knows from experience <laughs> in so many sports. Yeah, you're not lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those things where you know Cub fans are just trying to roll with the punches on this one. Um, you know, when, when they traded away the entire, you know, quality of the team last year and then they said, well, we'll be competitive going forward. Okay. If this is competitive. I'll, yeah, sure. <laughs> competitive to what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, and, and, and Ricketts doesn't give a shit because they're, you know, DraftKings is opening their sports book at Wrigley field here this year. So what does he care? What does he care? Exactly. <laughs> um so yeah any any thoughts on the pirates before we get to the better part of this week uh the position player was shortstop diego castillo who now has a career era of 36 <laughs> still Anthony better Rizzo than still has a better era <laughs> and struck out freddie freeman <laughs> hilariously too of course of course now um, i, I that 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 was not the funniest moment I've seen though um, with position player pitching. The favorite moment I've seen in the last couple of years since this has become so big was I don't even remember. I think it was uh, D D Strange Gordon was pitching, hit Travis Darno, and then Darno took the most epic soccer NBA like flop <laughs> after he got hit by like a forty two mile an hour pitch. That was absolutely that was great because let's face it, if we're getting to the ridiculousness that you're going to put position players in, first of all, let the hitters tee off because you clearly don't give a shit. Number one, and number two, if stuff like that happens and you don't have a little fun with it, what the hell's wrong with you? All I can say is Darno's flop was so good, LeBron watches it for practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Along with the entire U.S. men's national soccer team. <laughs> soccer in general. Well, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so, um, anyhow, so the Cubs finish off this week. They win a series against the Redbirds from St. Louis. Um, win this one, this series, two games to one. Uh, Jonathan VR, thank God, Friday afternoon got DFA'd. Um, and David Bodie came back up to the Cubs. In, in this game, um, Nico has a two-run homer. Hap has an RBI double. At that point in the week, it was Hap's 16th double of the year. So the guy continues to to rake, yeah. uh, trade value up. 
Let's, let's just let's just throw that out there. Um, Kyle Hendricks in this game, seven and a third, five hits, a walk, six strikeouts. His ERA is mercifully back below five at four point nine. Um, and David Robertson gets his ninth save of the year. David Robertson at this point in the weekend had a one point nine five ERA. So Robertson continues to make the most of his, his appearances for the Cubs as long as he's with the Cubs. Um, game two, they lose this one 5-3. Mikolas for the Cardinals absolutely dealt in this game. Six innings, four hits, a run, nine strikeouts. Samson for the Cubs, five innings, four hits, two runs. Uh, Goldschmidt went two for four with a run in this game. Um, his average at that point was 338, and his OPS is 1039. The guy is just continuing to be productive. Um, as painful as that is for me as a Cub fan, that's awesome for him. Um, Aaron Otto in this game, three for four, a double and two runs. Uh, and then game three, they, they, they take the series on Sunday, six to five win in 10. Um Jack Flaherty left this game after the second inning uh, at, for an injury, so no timetable on when he'll be back. That's painful for them because they're they're trying to stay tight with Milwaukee. Um, Donovan for the Cardinals had himself a day, two for four, a homer, a triple, a walk, an RBI, and two runs. Um, Cardinals were up five after three, and the Cubs scored five in the bo- in the top of the fourth. Uh, Revis RBI single, Ortega two RBI double, Contreras two RBI single, um, and then in the top of the tenth, Contreras RBI single, Velasquez scores. Robertson uh, is two and zero as far as wins go this year, um, and one point eight six ERA trade value up. Uh, that's a note to you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Trust me, I, I wish I didn't need to look into the. Uh, trade market for outfield but <laughs> i was talking about roberts uh yeah i i don't i don't have a desire to get david robertson back in the phillies uniform he's a oh. thief uh what 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 do we determine it was what uh 30 some million for like six total innings yeah something like that and like two saves it was yeah. almost as bad as the as what Mike Hampton did to both the Rockies and the Braves. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, David Roberts, Robertson needs to uh, pay back Philly for all that he took from them, <laughs> so so he he can stay in he Chicago. Needs to do the Phillies and actually pays the organization back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just to give you an idea, just how hot Goldschmidt has been this year, um, the guy has scored fifty five runs. He has ninety two hits. 23 doubles, um, 19 homers as of tonight, uh, 63 RBIs, 40 walks. The guy is just a beast at the plate this year. How's he, how's he looking triple crown-wise? I know it's a little early to think about that, but... Uh, what did you say his home runs were at, Joe? 19 as of tonight. Trout has 22. Judge has 28. Well, if yeah. we're looking triple crown, we're talking just the National League, which um, Schwarber has 21, and I believe Alonzo has 22 at the moment. Let me, yeah, uh, let me check 20. here. Yeah, Alonzo's got 22. Schwarber's got 21. Goldschmidt's got 19. So he's what? third. So he, he, he's within striking distance. What's yeah. what's the three 
I forget what the three numbers. Homer's are RBI's like. average. So home runs wise, he's at 19. Harper has 15. RBI's he's at 64. Harper has 48. Yeah, um, but we're not just them. talking Harper. We're, we're we're talking like overall. Schwarber um, yeah, right. has more home runs and Alonzo has more home runs. So right, uh, right. Alonzo is has the most home runs and RBIs. Um, say Goldie might have average. Uh, he's got average, average by almost. Goldie's 20 got points. average by sixty points. No, Machado's got three twenty eight. He's still qualified. So. Oh. But okay. but still, that's that's ridiculous. Of, of that top three, he's got that's, between between Schwarber, Alonzo, and Goldschmidt. He's got Alonzo uh, by sixty points. I I know it's early, but we might need to start doing a triple crown watch. That's uh, damn, that, that's pretty impressive for this point in the season. You'll have to wait until after June once uh, uh Schwarber month is over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that always seems to be the case with him, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe, is that it for the Cubs? I, I've lost, I'm sorry, we, we sidetracked you and I lost track. Yeah, I mean that's that's the week for them. I, I I'm I'm hoping that, that Jason will put his good juju on Harper or uh, Hayward being DFA'd. Um <laughs> well, I and, tried last week, right? That he needs to go. Uh, like I, I have no problem with this defense, I really don't. But when when you're hitting two fifteen and there's other guys coming up, this is this is a find out what you have kind of year, and he's taking yeah. valuable at bats from from talent. So yeah, yeah, throw him in in the ninth inning as a defensive replacement. Yeah, he does not need to be starting right now. Yeah. All right, Jason. How about them Phillies? Um. So it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> Um, we'll start with the Rangers series, which I think the Rangers series, which was a small two game set, I think it was kind of a look ahead series for the Phils, uh, because they did have the Padres later in the week for four games. Um, game one, seven nothing loss, uh, for the Rangers. Uh, Low, Heim, Semyon, and Calhoun had home runs. Kyle Gibson went six and a third, seven hits, three earned runs. Perez went uh, six innings, gave up six hits. And the kicker here, uh, Jerry's Familia, who, sh again, should not be on the team, uh, one and a third's innings pitch, four hits, four earned runs. So he's he's terrible. He just shouldn't be on the big league roster. Man, I remember when he was good. He yeah. Was, he was the Mets. He shouldn't be on any big league roster at this point. No. Good Lord. But I, remember, I do remember when he was dominant for the Mets. Um yeah, you didn't get that. Game two uh, was a 4-2 loss, so they did lose both games this series. Uh, Kyle Schwarber continuing his tear in June. Uh, there's, there was a tweet out. It's basically like the, the calendar for the year goes January, February, March, April, May, Schwarber, July, August, September, October, November, December. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's If you look that's, at his history, his yeah. career – he destroys it in June when the weather gets warmer. Um, had a two-run homer in the third. Uh, Calhoun had the key hits for the Rangers here because it was tied up after that Schwarber home run. Um, key hits in the third and the fifth innings uh, to give a couple RBIs, and the Rangers never looked back. Uh, big thing in this one here, both starters, uh, Zach Wheeler and John Gray, 
man, the teams made them pitch. Uh, Wheeler, it was his first loss in six starts. He only went four and a thirds innings, and he only gave up seven hits and two earned runs and had eight strikeouts, which you would think, why did he come out after four and a third? Well, it's because he threw 99 pitches in that four and a third. And, and the thing is, like, when, when I looked at that, I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, did he have a lot of walks? Things that he only had three walks. So it was just a lot of foul pitches, a lot of just really working the counts a lot. And and John Gray didn't even fare that much better. He went five and two thirds, so he didn't even get out of the sixth. Four hits and two earned runs. He had 102 pitches. So both offenses really made the starters work in that game. Um, moving on to uh, San Diego here. Um Four-game set, a couple quick highlights here. Uh, Game one, uh, 6-2 win for the Phils. Schwarber and Real Muto had home runs. Hosmer had a home run for San Diego. Ranger Suarez had a dominant outing, uh, seven and a third inning, seven hits, two earned runs. And the Phillies got to Joe Musgrove, uh, which is big. Um, We said er, last week that, not so much the Rangers series, but the Padres series would be kind of telling for the Phillies. Um, and they got to a Cy Young candidate, uh, got him the loss, uh, six innings, seven hits, six earned runs. Uh, so a really good start to the series. Game two was an insane uh, pitcher duel. Um, Aaron Nola versus Mackenzie Gore, both were great. Uh, it ended up being a one nothing game. Uh, it ended up being a loss for the Phils. The Padres took this one. Again, I think we need to change uh, De- being DeGrom to being Nolad because he pitched lights out again, just didn't get any offense. And, of course, the one RBI that occurred was to his brother, Austin. Uh, Austin Nola uh, did get the lone RBI off of his brother in the sixth. Uh, game three, <sighs> this is a heartbreaker. Uh, Phil, Phil's ended up winning this one four to two. Uh, JT Romuto had a home run, but the big story here, uh, which I'll touch on again briefly, uh, after this was uh, Bryce Harper uh, taking a 97 mile per hour fastball to the thumb, and x rays confirmed that it is broken. Um, he is currently out indefinitely, which is going to be an absolutely catastrophic blow potentially here. Um, I'll touch on that more in a moment. Um, but game four, uh, first game without Harper, uh, Phillies came back and won eight to five. It was a character win for them, something that they needed to do. They took three out of four. Nick Castellanos had his, he had four for five, which was his first four hit game of the season. Uh, which is a very welcome sign because with Harper being out, Philly needs another big guy named Nick to step up, you know, like the, like uh, Nick Foles did for the Eagles. If they want to compete, sorry, Jim. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was just my thought here was no, the name Nick. No, no, no. Ah, fuck, Nick Nick Foles. fuck Nick Foles. Philly needs. How dare you? Philly needs a, a, a different guy named Nick to step up. No, um, no, you're fired. Yeah. No, but uh, I don't want to do this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But uh, Kyle Schrober had a three-run homer for the lead. It was his 21st of the season. And um, so he's kind of under the radar right now. I, I think he might soon start actually coming back up in, in all-star votes. Like, I know his average isn't there. Um, Joe, your Moneyball player of the week here, Kyle Schwarber, uh, he has a 30-game on-base streak at the moment. Um, that's because it's still June. That's also true. Um <laughs> And uh, I was talking earlier how how uh, the Phillies bullpen has been playing very pitching very well lately. Um, in their last twelve games since the bullpen changes, like moving Corey Canable out of the closer role, the Phillies bullpen has a .164 batting average against for the opponents, .94 WHIP. And they actually had a 34-inning streak of no base runners, um, which ended yesterday in, I believe, the seventh or eighth inning. Uh, Jose Alvarado uh, gave up a walk. Um, So a great three-game out of four, a great series win for the Phils. Um, But, guys, um, the Harper injury is devastating. Um, what happened in this game here uh, play they were facing Blake Snell, the lefty and Snell has been having control issues all season and fastball got up and in. Uh, it was one where Harper was actually lucky. It didn't hit him in the face, um, but it did. It did get his left hand. He went down instantly and coming off, coming up and off the field, uh, you see him start yelling back to Snell. Um, and I saw some people around social media kind of like going after Harper about this, um, you know, saying like he's he's being selfish and things like that. And first of all, if you get smashed with a 97 up or a fastball that's going to end your season, you're not going to go, thank you, sir. May I have another? First of all, Hit but, yourself in the thumb with a fucking hammer, hitting yeah. a nail into a board. Yeah, and you get pissed off. That's nothing compared to a ninety-seven mile. Not- I dare anybody. There was that one person on Twitter that I saw was like yeah. going off about. I dare that person to go into the slowest batting cage at their local batting cage and take one to the hand, just one. I'll, I'll even give you the palm, palm, yeah. the slowest one, and tell me it doesn't hurt like an mf'er. You yeah. are you kidding me? A hundred miles an hour to your thumb? Piss yeah. off. Well, and, and then and then the other thing is it came out that afterwards, like Harper wasn't even yelling bad things to, to yeah. Snell. He was actually yelling back to Snell. I know you didn't try it. It's okay. Like, because Snell was apologizing from the mound, like saying, It's my bad, I'm sorry. Like, those two are friends. Um and, and and Harper recognized that, and Harper even texted him after the game. Um, you know, I mean, the guy was having another MVP MVP caliber year. Um, he was. I, I still think he'll be chosen to be an All Star. He should uh, be chosen to be an All Star, es- es- especially because we're so late in voting right now um, that you can't let this injury mean that he's on all-star he should get selected and then of course you're going to replace him because he can't play yeah, um 
But what's what's feels almost criminal to me is he's been on the Phillies for three to four years and has not gone to represent the team in an All Star game yet. <laughs> You're kidding? How the hell is that possible? Uh, well, he had the slower start last year that he turned on to win the MVP. Um, and twenty 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 twenty. So that's insane. Yeah, he he has not gone to represent this team in an All Star game yet, and he still won't. Like he'll be an All Star, we can finally say that he'll be a, an All Star for the Phillies, but he's not going to get to play in the game. Um, but guys, just to show, you, give you information on just how brutal this is. Um, I I mean, it. We already knew just how how valuable he is to the team, being being the reigning NL MVP, putting up those numbers again this year. In his last 162 games. He has 42 home runs, 55 doubles, 99 extra base hits, a slash line of 324, 420, 643, 1.063. And he has a 6.0 win probability added over the last 162 games. You, you can't replace that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing here, and what's kind of giving me a little – hope um a lot of it's going to depend on whether his thumb needs surgery or not there is a potential that he'll be back later in the year depending on the severity of the break i was going to say i mean if if they're if they're going to be end up being postseason bound is he is he going to be able to return for the postseason so um philadelphia inquirer reported earlier today it is likely that he will need surgery but he will not be done for the year regardless of perhaps not okay so, so, so there it's, is it's that gonna, potential. It, it, um, it's one of those, they need the swelling to go down. They need to get in there and see what the actual severity of the break is because the plane yeah. films with all the swelling, it, it, it's not super conclusive, but it was enough to say, yeah, you're probably going to need surgery. Yeah. Um, and it was actually something, uh, Harper came out after the game and he said that he would have rather gotten hit in the face with it. <laughs> he, he goes, I, he goes, I can, he goes, I can handle a 97 mile per hour fastball to my face. I can't handle it to the thumb because it like, it's a smaller bone. So, right. But, but he, he's, he's like, I, I, he's, he's never actually had a broken bone before. So it'll be interesting to see how it heals, how quickly it heals. Um, again, you can't rush him back because you're, you're going to need him for the rest of his career. Um, but basically this is the time for it, for the other big money guys to step up. Um, Nick Castellanos, he stepped up yesterday like he needed to. Uh, somebody uh, shared, you know, online that you take Bryce Harper out of this payroll, they still have a $200 million payroll. They still have the talent there. They just need it. Castellanos and Real Muto, which Real Muto is starting to get, starting to hit the ball better. Um, Castellanos, he, he needs to be the guy that they that they brought him in to be. Um, they, they have the money spent. I don't necessarily say that they have all the talent there because a lot of that money is also on the aisle with Segura as well. That's true. Um, and, and I think what you're going to see here, um, I do think you're going to see the fills, especially if they're continuing to contend, they will probably be small buyers at the trade deadline. I don't think they're going to go huge just because they, they know that they have Harper for the rest of the career. They, they just need a placeholder for the rest of the season. Right. I mean, if you're, um, if you're in a, a contender spot, that, that I think that's a situation where you, 
uh, assess where he's at. If you mm-hmm. think that, you know, maybe he's not ready, something like that, you get somebody who's on, you know, the last year of a deal or something like that, that, that you have somebody in place. If Harper's not ready or if he's not going to be back to 100%, yeah. um, and then you can throw him at the, the DH spot and, and have somebody else play the field as well. Um, you know, now having that permanent DH is a, is a flex spot yeah. uh, for that situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he he can he could play with with that uh, strain UCL, but he can't play with that broken thumb. So, um, it, it, Jason, you got to do what Atlanta did last year. Acuna went down; they went out and got three outfielders. Yeah, um, I, I do think Joe that the the Phils will be inquiring about Ian Happ. Um, I think a lot of it will depend on the asking price. Um, I can even see them even trying to look uh, at Ben attendee out of Kansas city um, because Kansas city is going to be sellers. So I, I think they might even look at moving somebody like Mickey Moniak and a couple lower level prospects um, to try and bring in Ian Happ or Ben attendee. Um, I, I don't think they'll go, they'll get rid of Matt Veerling or other top prospects, but giving some them somebody like Mickey Moniak who can probably help their team now or within the next year, um, that may be the direction that they look to go because they're basically trained outfielder for outfielder, um, saving that room. Yeah. Yeah. The, the tough thing with, with the Cubs is that they have um, Canario, who they got in the Rizzo deal. They have Velazquez. They got PCA. They, mm-hmm. They've got a, a crap ton of outfield talent um, yeah. coming up the pipeline. And as much as I don't want to lose Ian Happ, you, you could afford to lose him for, you know, maybe a, a first baseman, maybe, you know, a, a third baseman. If they don't think that they'll be able to re-sign Wilson Contreras long-term, uh, I, I would say look for uh, Logan O'Hoppy, who has been – I am so high on Logan O'Hoppy. Like he, to me, he would be the catcher once JT's deal is eventually up. Um, he potentially would be included in a deal. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Phils, the Phils did uh, claim um, Mercado off of waivers, uh, which is a defensive upgrade. And you're going to see the young guys get all the, basically a bulk of the playing time now, like Moniak was called up immediately after Harper went down. Um, and I think you're going to see uh, Castellanos. He did get moved back to the DH role yesterday. And that's where I think he's going to spend most of his time now because people are actually wondering if maybe him being in the field a lot was affecting him at the plate. So I, I, yeah, but here's the thing. We haven't had the DH in the NL for a long time, and he was an outfielder for years. The Reds and was a great hitter with them. That's true. So I, but the thing is, now he can focus solely on his hitting. I, I still feel like Schwarber's the better choice to stuff at the DH and forget about Castellanos. With, with, how, hot, how, with how hot Schwarber is right now, you can't mess anything with yeah, Grant. Yeah. Um, part of me is I, I, I keep hoping – that Thompson with this injury does not move Schwarber down in the lineup. Um, he didn't do it yesterday and it paid off with Schwarber still being in the leadoff spot. Um, Castellanos ended up moving. 
I believe Castellanos ended up being in the cleanup spot yesterday. But, um, yeah, guys, this has the potential to go – I mean, it's it's going to go one of two ways. It, it's either going to be catastrophic and derail the, the rest of the season for the Phils, or it's going to lead to more motivation and – and they'll be okay. So I'm hopeful for the latter, but I'd be lying if I said over the last day or two, I was kind of thinking season's over, but I I know where you're coming from, dude. I was there last year and Joe said it's not over yet. Right. Right about what was it? Right about this time, Andrew, last year. Yeah. Right about now. And, And what did I say last year within the next two, two weeks, Pick up somebody, see what they do, and go from yeah. there. Yep. And within that two weeks, they had Jock, Rosario, breaking, and yep. Duval, I believe, didn't they? Duval. Yeah, and they got Duval back too. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so I don't think I, I think you're you're in a two, maybe three week window right now, Jason. Where yeah. you're going to either figure out, okay, we're we're in a spot where we can continue to do this or it's over one yeah. or the other. Yeah. I mean, Cause this two, three week, three week window is going to make it yeah. break. Cause I know we, people were saying like, you know, does if the Phillies start to fade here over the next few weeks, do they sell at the deadline? I don't think they sell. No, um, no, you I, don't sell the $215 million payroll or whatever no. it is. Um, I, I think what they would just need to do is kind of just get that placeholder get to the end of the season, get to next year and reload. Uh, yeah, the next uh, from between now and the, the trade deadline, if, if they, if it's evident that they're not going to be a contender, you, you stay, you just yeah. stay. There's no reason to go buy, but there's the, you're definitely not going to sell. You've built this team right. for more than just this season. Right. Yeah. It's, and, it's and, not like you signed a bunch of guys in a one-year deal right. that are all leaving after this season. You'd be crazy right. to sell. This I, I mean, the, the the two big pieces that are coming off the books at, at the end of this season are Gregorius and Segura. Um, Segura has said that he wants to come back, and I will be very happy if they bring him back. Um, and I think you're looking at even shortstop. Uh, there have been rumors that like that are linking the fills eventually to Trey Turner uh, or Correa. One of those big, one of those uh, off season acquisitions because shortstop free agency, this next off season is going to be massive. There's so many shortstops on the market. Um, but for right now, Phil's just kind of need to buy their time. The good thing that they have going for them is their schedule, the second half of the season, is the second easiest in majors as far as the teams that they play. So, and, and they had the same easy schedule last year. No, it was switched. Switched. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, inverted. Yeah. Um, and you know, here's the other thing, Jason. Um, go, I, I think Ben Attendee's the guy that they're going to go after more than Hap because Hap still has a year of arbitration after this. Yeah. So that's going to jack the Cubs asking price up. And you don't need a two-year outfielder. You need a one-year outfielder. Yeah, and I believe Ben Attendee is a free agent to be. So he would be that that placeholder, uh, get him in, let him help out the team. Uh, he gets on base. Uh, you know, Joe, he's a money ball guy. Uh, gets on base, has good average. He has plus fielding. So, which God knows you guys need. Yeah. 
but we'll we'll have to see. But but I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't on uh, the edge of a cliff uh, when I woke up when I woke up sun, Sunday morning and saw the news. Yeah, I, dude, I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's move on to the hot players list. Uh, my list this week, I've got Isaac Paredes of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. A 579-619-1.474 slash line, six runs, five homers, nine ribbies, 11 hits, two doubles, one walk, two strikeouts. I had Alejandro Kirk of the Blue Jays, 455-22, 1 line, five runs, four homers, nine RBIs, nine singles, three walks, two strikeouts. Dansby Swanson of the Braves, who I am officially putting ahead of Trey Turner on my all-star ballot list. 387, 406, 807 line, seven runs, four homers, six RBIs, 12 hits a double. Uh, I had Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers, because of course I did. Um, a 445, 33, 840 line, six runs, two homers, 11 RBIs, 11 hits, two doubles, a triple, four walks, nine strikeouts. Um, and then I also had Julio Rodriguez on your 318, 400, 733, eight runs, three homers, five RBIs, a stolen base, seven hits, a double, two walks, three strikeouts, one bean ball dodged. So that's my hot list this week, guys. Uh, anybody else you guys want to add for the hitters? All right. Joe, who is your money ball player of the week? I've got two here. Um LeMahieu for the Yankees, uh, slash line for the week, 333, 520, 556, OPS of 1076. Uh, two runs, six hits, a double, a home run, four RBIs, seven walks, uh, and four strikeouts. And then uh, Jesse Winker for the Mariners, uh, 500 average, 640 on base, 944 slugging, a 1584 OPS. Uh, four runs, nine hits, two walks or two doubles, um, two homers, six RBIs, six walks, and four strikeouts. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Uh, also, one bean ball received. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not nice, I know. All right, uh, for me, for pitchers this week, Corbin Burns. He went uh, two and zero. Oh. 19 strikeouts that were 15 and a third, 184 ERA, 0.75 whip, three earned runs, seven hits, four walks, two homers. Dylan Cease, the White Sox, he went uh, one and zero oh as well. 13 and a third, 24 strikeouts. Jesus. 0.69 ERA, 0.62 whip. I had Shane McClanahan of the Rays. He went one and zero, oh, 13 and a third, 18 strikeouts, 1.38 ERA, 0.69 whip. Very nice. And then I also had uh, Max Fried on there. He did not pick up a win despite his two starts. Went 14 2 thirds, 17 strikeouts, 1.98 ERA, 1.02 whip, three runs, 11 hits, uh, three walks. Uh, anybody else uh, pitchers for this week? Um, not starters. A couple other bullpen guys. Um, All right. Hit the adulting reliever. Do it, Joe. Oh, <laughs> it, I, no, I mean, there's a couple here. So I've got three of them for, for this week. So it's it was a, a good mix here. Um, Emmanuel Clace for Cleveland, two for two in save opportunities. Um, two innings, no hits, no runs, three strikeouts. Uh, Edwin Diaz for the Mets, two for two, two and a third. Uh, 
three hits, no runs, four strikeouts, a 1.29 whip. Um, and then Tanner Rainey for the Nationals. Three for three and save opportunities, three innings, two hits, two walks, three strikeouts. Um, the whip was 133. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, hot teams for me this week. I have the Yankees, the Red Sox. Jim, I'm throwing the Orioles on, not just because you're here, but because they actually finally earned it. God damn, deserve it. That's why. <laughs> for the first time, also, uh, actually, like three years, they've earned Probably it. the history of this show. Uh, it is considering we just started last year. Yeah. Um, I've got the Astros on here. I have got, um, Jesus, I've got the brew crew. I've got the Dodgers, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to keep Atlanta and New York off this week. Uh, Jason, I'll toss you a bone. I'll give you the Phillies, even though they got swept by the Rangers in one of those stupid mini series that should be banned. I, I hate those two game series. Yeah, so I, I definitely think that that was a series they were they were just kind of looking past because they had that huge four gamer against the Padres. Understandable. Um, yeah, absolutely understandable. Um, and they did what they needed to do. I I said last week that I'd be happy if they got a split against the Padres, and they took three out of four. So yeah, they're they're still doing all right. All right. So coming up this week, a uh, big week for the Braves and the Phillies. They face each other. A three-game series in Philadelphia starting tomorrow night. The pitching matchups, we've got Morton versus Wheeler. We've got Wright versus Suarez. We've got Anderson versus Nola. What the hell? That matchup sucks. And then uh, moving on to Cincinnati on Friday, you got Freed versus Minor, Strider versus Molly, and Morton versus Castillo. Oh, do we not have to face the flamethrowing devil this time? All right. I can work with that. And then uh, the Phillies after Atlanta, they host the Cardinals, Eflin versus Michaelis, Gibson versus, I'm assuming that was supposed to be um, uh, Flaherty before he got hurt. So that's TBA. And then Wheeler versus Wainwright. That's going to be a great matchup on Sunday night. Sad for you, Jason. That's the ESPN game. So you'll have to deal with Aroid during that. Um, that means Joe, that's a loss too. Phillies don't do well in primetime games. No, I th those Sunday night ESPN games are such a shit show anyway. Yeah. Especially because ESPN doesn't have that you know wall camera angle. I'll say, how's replay going to hurt them this time? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then uh, for the Cubbies, week three versus the Reds, Thompson versus Castillo, Steele versus Green. Oh, that's going to be a great game. Hendricks versus Ashcraft, and then they host the. Red Sox for three, Samson versus Winkowski, Mills versus Hill, Thompson versus TBA for Boston. Oh, man, Jason, this is going to be a fun week, except for that last game. I do not like that matchup one damn bit. <laughs> I like it. What are you talking about? Although you should like it because it means the Phillies won't score any runs. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's true, except – which Ian Anderson am I going to get? Am I going to get the guy who looks absolutely dominating, or am I going to get the guy who's been inconsistent and walks everybody while allowing four to six runs in four innings? I prefer who the, the latter. Who the hell knows? Yeah. What's really good for you is that you miss Max Freed and you miss Spencer Strider. Yes. Because Freed is blowing everybody out right now, and Strider, I, he's had a couple rough starts here and there, but he's been throwing gas. He's been mixing that slider in really well, so players can't just tee off on that 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah. Um, honestly, I hope after the All-Star break, they move him up to four and move Ian Anderson down to five. Yeah. Because that also yeah. might help Anderson to get some better matchups, too. Yeah, look at everything this week. Um, 
With Bryce Harper, I would say that I'd be looking at the Phils probably taking or hopefully taking two out of the three. Um, I, without Harper, I won't be surprised with whatever happens, honestly, whether it's Philly sweep, Braves sweep, 2-1 Braves, 2-1 Phils. I, I will not be surprised with whatever happens. Um, but I, I do think that the Phils have the right guys in the rotation coming up against the Braves. So, Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, just so you know, um, I don't know if Acuna is going to be starting tomorrow night or not. He wasn't able to put weight on his foot on Sunday. Um, uh, he he was cleared of a fracture, but, um, you know, a lot of swelling and whatnot. But with the off day, he may be okay to go Tuesday. So you may get lucky and get a game without Acuna in there as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, breaking news, guys, uh, MLB has just handed out some hammers. 12 players and coaches have been suspended Yo. for their roles in the brawl. So let's wow. take a look here. What we got? All right, I'm pulling it up right now. Hold on a second. All right, so let's see. Phil Nevin, interim, interim manager of the Angels, 10 games. Jesse Winker, five games. Uh, let's see here. J.P. Crawford, five games. Angels pitcher Ryan Tepra and Andrew Wentz, three. How did Wants only get three games? That's bullshit. That's absolutely yeah, bullshit. That's, unless, unless they're Winter saying that he basically was just doing what he was told. Yeah. That's, I, the situation. that's bullshit. Um, Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners, uh, two games. Rossiel Iglesias, two games. And Major League interpreter Manny Del Campo, two games. I never even heard of an interpreter getting suspended. What the hell? And then, yes, oh, it did happen. Anthony Rendon, out for the season after undergoing wrist surgery, will be suspended five games when he returns from the IL. And he's prohibited from being on the bench for the next seven games. Wow. <laughs> I, I think you might have had Winkers a couple games off there. Seven. Oh, yeah, he's oh, seven. only seven? Yeah, he's seven. No, I misread that. Yeah, my I'll bad. Say he, he probably should have. Uh, Wants why, should, did, why did Wants only get three? First of all, he's a pitcher, so three games doesn't fucking right. Mean. And again, this has always bothered me with baseball when you suspend a pitcher, it should not be three games, it should be three starts. If they're if they're if they're sitting, well, I guess this is kind of a complicated one because technically he's a bullpen guy, yeah, he's not even a starter. So, so this one, I guess you could apply a three gamer and it would make sense. It has always bothered me when a starting pitcher gets like a four game suspension. He literally doesn't miss a game. That's literally yeah. part of the rotation. They should miss four starts. If, yes. you're, if you're going to penalize somebody, actually yeah. penalize them. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that has always driven me insane when it comes to, to starting pitchers in baseball and suspensions. Yeah, uh, wholehearted agreement there. Um, holy crap though. I, they actually came down on Nevin. They actually and, came and down they on him. And you know what? I, I actually don't hate wants them only getting three games because again, I, I feel like he just happened to be like the trigger guy. He was a pawn in the game. You know what I mean? He, he went out and did what he was told to do that, that those orders came from the manager. Yeah. You know, so so I, I I actually applaud Major League Baseball for really handing the hammer down on Nevin. Could once yeah. have gotten a couple more, probably. Um, maybe at least I don't know, match give him five, maybe match Winker seven, because those are the two main culprits in all of yeah. this. 
Um, but but I actually I think Nevin definitely should have gotten more, and I and I commend Major League Baseball for doing that correctly. Did uh did you say Cervais in there at all? Yes. Uh no no he didn't. No, you did no, not. No he did not. Um, bench coach Ray Montgomery also got a two game suspension, but um he won't start his suspension until Nevin's back because he's the one who's managing in his place. Um, catching coach Bill Hasselman got two games as well. Um, and assistant pitching coach Dom Chitty got five games as well. Damn. Okay, so the Angels' entire staff got nailed up for this. Good. 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 So I'm glad Cervais didn't get anything there because uh, he was more yes. upset with no, the he, umps. Like he didn't. He didn't really have any involvement with that. And yeah. and honestly, and, and I don't I don't know what the the umpire pool is like, but but the only thing I, I am kind of disappointed at is I feel like this entire crew should be given a game, especially the home plate umpire. Yeah. For yeah, failing to recognize the situation and stop it before it started. Yeah, that that did not need to happen. That could have yeah. been completely prevented by an immediate ejection mm-hmm. and been done with it. Right, because when I watched the clip, because because I meant to watch it the other day, um, because I heard about it, and then I and I it just slipped my mind. And when I just watched it, you see, you know, you see that him get hit by the pitch, and the guy, the the umpire, you know, gives him the base, and he just walks. And I'm like, no, what are you supposed doing? to do this? Gone. It, it should have been gone. the minute that pitch came in, gone, out, done, it, like end it, and and he didn't. And I'm like, man, that's that's failure. That's failure. Yeah. And I don't know that that would have stopped the brawl from happening. Mm-mm. No, I, but it might have made it. I think if you tossed bad. him, I think if you tossed him when Rodriguez gets thrown at, this fight doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have done it. Yeah, I would have done it then. Yeah, I wouldn't even given a warning. I would have just tossed the guy and been done with it. I would have tossed the pitcher because it's it's clearly there was intent there. Yeah, yeah. Then given warnings to both teams. Because you, look at the pitcher's body language after that pitch. You know, I brought up. Um, you know, I, 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 we last year we had Webb uh, hit. Oh crap! Which Mets outfielder was that? Anyway, uh, one of the Atlanta pitcher. He nailed a Nets a Mets batter with like a ninety nine mile an hour fastball right underneath his eye right here. Uh, was it Pilar? Maybe I can't remember. Yeah, Pilar. Yeah. Um, and immediately, like he, he dropped to his knee, he was shaken. Like you, you could tell it was clearly a pitch that got away from him. Yeah. No, he was ready to get, he was ready to have some guy coming after him. Right, he knew what was up. He knew what, he knew what was going on. This is like Roger Clemens and Mike Piazza. There was clearly a hundred percent intent. There was no accident there either. I <laughs> come on. This, this, this is and like- here's the thing. We'll never know if the umpire and crew get suspended because MLB will never announce it. It'll, it'll all be handled internally, just like that plus one and a half inch border that somehow gets added for the umpires and their stupid report card from MLB. This 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 is like A Rod and Veritech. These teams do not like each other. You know that's still to this day Veritech shoving his mitt in A Rod's face. One of my favorite moments in the entire Yankees Red Sox uh, rivalry over the years. Just freaking phenomenal. Uh, so yeah, that's that for the suspensions. That's I, I, I really love seeing though how many angels, how much the angels staff got. Yeah, up. absolutely. Well done, well mm-hmm. done. MLB. And you know, I don't say that very often when Rob Manfred's in charge of anything. 
<laughs> I mean, you went down the entire angel staff and suspended the interpreter. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, I want to know what the interpreter actually did. Was was he throwing punches or was he just like yelling in a different language for somebody to go attack somebody else? Like, I, 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 I really want to know what, what the interpreter did. <laughs> We, we need some details. Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on this as this comes out over the next couple of days because I really and also is the interpreter allowed to appeal his his suspension? I mean, I don't I, see why not. I, this, I, who knows? He's a, he's, he's a team employee, so probably. Yeah, I guess so. That's I never even would have thought of asking. You know, if we if you would have asked me any time before the start of this year. Would I be asking, can interpreters appeal their suspension? I, I never once would have thought those words were going to come out of my mouth. Uh, Jesus. All right. So, yeah, anyway, so back to back to the upcoming week. Uh, um, yeah, Joe, do you, do you think you guys are going to pull anything out of the Reds or are you pretty much uh, chalking it up to another, like, 1-5, oh, 0-6 week? I, I have no idea, man. I... I... <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen with this team. I, I'm just trying to see what they have. Hey, you get Thompson twice and steal once, so it could be worse. I, I mean, I, Thompson twice kind of makes me go, all right, you'll get two, maybe. Um, steal is good, but the bullpen has been shaky behind him when they, when they come in. And my manager is still David Ross and my – Ownership is is stupid. So, you yeah, know, that's fair. That's you, fair. You brought up Contreras earlier. It, it's it's clear at this point that they're not re-signing him. So it's just a matter of where he goes. Um, the the guy is hitting the absolute cover off the ball, so he could almost be a permanent DH at this point if you really wanted to. Yeah, you know, you know, it's crazy with um with Harper's injury. I just thought of this. Um, little Contreras is number two on the DH voting right now for the NL. So it's been a long time since we've had, we've potentially had brothers on the same all-star team. I can't even remember the last time that would have happened. So I mean, be- you need, you need to remember here though, that even if Harper gets chosen as the starter, he's not going to be playing. So, well, they, they would still take two DHs anyway, because they, right. they usually pinch it. So yeah, that that's, that's really cool. We could see that. <laughs> all right uh so guys any other series you're watching for this week um i'm i'm gonna be very focused on braves phillies obviously um i'm gonna be at the game tomorrow night so uh yeah i'll let you know how badly wheeler pitches <laughs> am i not going along with you this tomorrow oh, yeah. now or what Oh yeah, well, I guess you could still come. Yeah, so it was so it was supposed to be um it was supposed to be Jason's first ever, well, both boys first ever MLB games and Jason's first chance to ever see the Braves live, but uh the boys are going camping. So uh we're going to take them to see another game later this year. Um and uh yeah, Jason we're returning the uh, favor of those wonderful uh uh, Duke tickets earlier this year to finally see Coach K before he retired. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, it, me and Jason will be at the game tomorrow night. Uh, it, God both of us. Unmerciful <laughs> trash talking throughout this entire game. I don't even remember where the freaking seats are, man. 
I, um, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Same. Same. Yeah. Just give me a hot dog. Uh, keep the beer coming. And uh, yeah, it's. I I see this going two ways. We're either going to have one hell of a pitcher's duel tomorrow because Morton and Wheeler will just strike out everybody, or. Philadelphia is going to be Philadelphia in the hot, humid weather, and the balls are just going to fly, and it doesn't matter who's out there. I, yeah. That's really the way I see tomorrow going. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 been a long time since I've been down in Philly for a game, so I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple series that I'm looking at this week. Actually, both this whole week I'm keeping an eye in Toronto. Uh, the Red Sox are in Toronto to start the week, and the Rays come in at the second half of the week. <sighs> Um, including a double header uh, against the Rays. So, so the Blue Jays have a huge divisional week this week. Yeah. I'm of course, keeping an eye on uh, the Seattle series with the Orioles. You need, like I said earlier, uh, you need one out of the next three games. Uh, the Orioles up one, nothing in the first, uh, you get one, one win out of these three and uh, you have your first plus 500 uh, series sin- or a, a month since august of 2017 so it's definitely a big thing for them um then they then they go to minnesota to start the month of july uh before coming back to uh to face texas so uh, a little road stretch there the orioles have not been as good on the road as they have been at home um so you know you definitely want to you definitely want to capitalize especially on a mariners team that that has been heavily distracted and and now missing uh missing some players so um Definitely want to capitalize on uh, at least one, at least one of these next three. Plus, you know, anytime your team gets a win over Dave, I mean, you're going to be a happy man. Yeah. You can never go wrong there. <laughs> uh, Joe, any other series you're watching? Um, Mets Astros, the beginning of the week Ooh, here, along with be a fun one. Um, White Sox Angels here at the beginning of the week. I um, think Angels, you know, have a good Angels can field a team. <laughs> right um uh, you know i think um that cardinal philly series is going to be pretty good here at the end of the week um and yeah i mean i'm just white Sox giants at the end of the week too could be could be interesting padres dodgers this weekend um all good things to follow obviously um you know it, it, it's it's the way it's going <laughs> Yeah, Joe, you mentioned the Phil's cards. Um, I was well. I was looking at some of the games here. I got a vacation that while the Phillies do have the second easiest schedule, the second half of the year, need to remember that we're not actually at the second half of the year yet. Yeah, Ten out of their next thirteen are against either the Braves or the Cardinals. So it's going to be a, a a big stretch here the next two weeks. And then after your second Cardinal series, Jason, you go on the road to Toronto. Yeah. That's that that's a tough way to end the first half of the year. And then, then you get Miami, which as we all know, that's either going to go very well or very poorly. Hey, they took the series last time. There's hope now. Yeah, but they're on the road. Hey, hey Jim, Jim, question. Is the uh, Orioles success at home due to the wall moving back? <laughs> I mean, you, you can't write it off. I mean, you've seen what they've done the last couple of years, and all of a sudden they're they're uh, they're they're a team with a different direction. So uh, so maybe and and I and like you know I like that quote from uh, that, that Andrew said from Mancini. You know, they come to the park every day thinking they can win. So I mean, 
You gotta gotta attribute it to something. I don't care if it's the wall. I don't care if they change the windows in the warehouse. I don't give a shit as long as this team starts winning. <laughs> and and the other thing here, uh, we didn't actually touch on this um, last week. Uh, Austin Hayes hit for the cycle. He uh, in uh, four straight at bats, he got all four that he needed, including a home run over that uh, left field wall that was moved back. Yep. Yeah, and and really, I mean, he he had what the triple out of the way early. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it came down to the double that was last. So, so is it was not, uh, you know, sometimes you'll see you go single, double, home run, and then that that, that triples the last part. He kind of knocked the hard one out, um, you know, to, to, to start the thing. So that, that was impressive in and of itself. Yeah. Reminds me of when uh, Rosario hit for the cycle last year against San Francisco. He did it in six pitches. Yeah. Like, talk about jumping on the first pitch, not He's screwing insane. around. That was nuts, and that and guys, when he when he won the uh, NLCS MVP last year, he actually brought back the triple crown bat for that series. Like you never see a player bring a special bat like that back out. <laughs> that was nuts. All right. Uh, so, Jim, where's everybody going to find you on social media, bud? Yeah, uh, like the uh, the name tag says here at Big Jim Sports is where you follow me. We're at Huddle Up Podcast. Uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Actually, uh, tomorrow will be the last teaser of the new Huddle Up logo, which we'll be dropping on Friday. Um, just uh, you know, re- re- refreshing uh, refreshing the look uh, a little bit. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of uh, insight. If you don't like blue and gold, well, tough shit, because uh, you're still going to get blue and gold. But uh, I, 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 think, I think you'll enjoy... I think you'll enjoy the uh, the new look. So so get ready for the full reveal uh, on Friday. Make sure you subscribed over there. Uh, if you're a pro wrestling fan at uh, Three Count Thursday, uh, we go live on on Thursday nights each and every week. Um, and we also have a a podcast episode that drops on on Tuesday morning. So uh, we have we have content coming out twice a week over there. Uh, we're at Three Count Thursday Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threecountthursday.com. So uh, always a pleasure, boys um you know it's, it's nice to talk baseball when when uh, i i don't feel like my team is completely hopeless either so this is a whole new feeling for me it's quite a quite a turnaround from when, when you first joined us earlier this year to to for, foreshadow and forecast the season so yeah yeah no kidding <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen a bigger 360 turnaround than that yeah it's it, it's pretty impressive i i hope that uh because because i've seen the orioles i remember one year i was in college um at uh at the all-star break one of my roommates was uh was a red sox fan at, at the all-star break the orioles were up four games uh in first place and at the end of the season they were 22 games out of first so hopefully the hopefully the back half of the season is not as detrimental um but i, I think they're in a good spot and, and J- jim just just for your sake i hope it's not a 360 degree turnaround because that is a complete circle Yes. Yeah. As, yeah. But where, as, as it came out of my mouth, somebody said that. Oh, uh, Ms. and Mrs. Uh, I was catching up on some episodes, and uh, and Mrs. White Maurice said that you did a 360, and he goes, "No, I did a 180." You just spin around, get dizzy, and you're back in the uh, back where you were before. I feel like the th- the 360 for Jim might be in July or August or something. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, we did the 180. Now we're just doing the other 180. It's just it's just a slower rotation this year. It'll get around eventually. Exactly. It'll get back around. <laughs> Karma, what goes around goes around and around. Thank you, Boy Meets World. Yeah, right. 
Right. Classic. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, this is not the year, unlike last year, where you could say, hey, you were ahead of the Yankees at one point and the Yankees never touched first place. So at least you have this instead, which I think yeah. you actually yeah, like I'll take this. That. I'll take that. So, yeah. How, <laughs> let's hope it keeps going. I, I do like seeing the Orioles do well. Um, and I love that ballpark so much. Yeah, always a classic. A- any excuse to go down to Camden Yards, I'm always happy to jump on it. All right, guys, you can find all of us on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Amazon Music, and Spreaker. You can see us live on our YouTube channel, on Facebook Live, and on Twitter. You can find the merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash DDAB-podcast. Follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash beer. On the Twitter page, at DDAB underscore podcast. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at PyroLord314. Jason's at jricker 300 Joe is at JoltonJoe35. We are presented by Dark Arrow Podcast, LLC, and we are sponsored by the amazing Whiskey and Blade Barbershop and Lidditz. Uh, I am definitely due to go back and get a trim. Johnny, I'll be calling you soon. May your dogs always cost a dollar. May your beer always be cold. Have a good night, everybody.